Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 2, Episode 6. Today we're talking Book of Shadows, colon, Blair Witch 2, from 2000, directed by Joe Berlinger. I'm Joe Lascola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. Video never lies, man. McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. And I want to thank you all for coming on the inaugural tour of the Blair Witch Hunt. Inaugural? You mean you've never done this before? Never. Well, that's not what your website said. Over 10,000 satisfied customers. No, that's my web store. Stickman t-shirts, official Blair Dirt tours. <laughs> We're all virgins on this bus. Jeffrey Donovan, huh? <laughs> Jeffrey fucking Donovan, indeed. The only human in this movie to make it out alive, seemingly, with his career. Yeah, this, this is before his fucking uh, burn notice check started coming in, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, like, of all these people, like, he was the one who walked away with, like, ha! That movie didn't touch me. I mean, it touched him, but it wasn't like as... It took a little while, because I don't think burn notice was until the late 2000s. N- yeah, exactly. Nobody should watch this film ever again. <laughs> ever again. <laughs> Like, like if you're like, oh shit! Remember those fucking Blair Witch movies? Oh man, yeah, there was like three of them, right? And like, no, motherfucker, there was two. There was the original <laughs> one, and then there was the one they redid in 2016. What an absolute condemnation of this fucking movie! Oh, that was brutal. I think we just—that's it. Got, bye, everybody. That's <laughs> that. Was, that was actually the plot crunch, believe it or not. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's that's not actually accurate. But it, you know, in in not so many words, kind of. Th- okay, I I will get it out of the way now. I have a special affinity for this movie because this was one of the first movies that I owned with my own money on VHS that I kind of obsessed over because it was mine. It was one of the first pieces of my like collection that I would eventually start growing. So I've seen this like a dozen times. And you're still alive. Um, I was also 14 or 15 at the time, so you can give me some uh, some leeway in that department. Um, so I have a, a weird uh, sentimental attachment to this movie. Okay. That being said, it's still a flaming dumpster fire that makes no sense, and it's not a surprise no one talks about it. Let me ask you a question, Connor. Okay, so you have a sentimental value attached to this. Um, mm-hmm. Did you get all warm and fucking fuzzy when you watched it again? I mean, th- well, there's parts of it that it, that did elicit those feelings, but watching it again, I was like, this is so bizarre and so disjointed and strange and exists in two realities and wants to be four things at once. Who said this was okay? Who was like, this is fucking, this is, this is great. Here's 15 million fucking dollars to make a sequel. Artists and entertainment. (laughs) Yeah, and you know how much money it made the box office? Yes, I have it right here, actually. $47 million. This is a box office success. Oh, no, 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 no. The budget for this movie was $15 million, and its gross was $26 million. Uh, I have $47 million worldwide. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So I think in that department, it made its money back and then some, but I think you can only accredit that to it being called Blair Witch Blah. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, the original film was made for $60,000, and the gross for that was like $100,000. 140 million. It was a phenomenon. Yeah, it's it's similar to the paranormal activity phenomenon, except that that 
I would dare say that franchise got burned out even quicker and over a, sh- I wouldn't say a shorter amount of time. Well, but it also made way more money, let's be real. Oh, yeah. It made a stupid amount of money because I think the first one was made for like a hundred grand or it made like, I don't know, hundreds of millions of dollars afterwards. That movie looks like it was made for five dollars. Like, yeah, especially yeah, exactly. for like Blair Witch. I'm like, was sixty thousand dollars? Like, what are you talking about? I mean, most of that's probably paying the actors or buying catering or camera equipment, like to be I, fair. I guess. Yeah, and and the big difference between there and here is that a found footage movie can be made for fucking dirt. No, I know. This and this movie is a movie. It's got actual actors <sighs> and like it's not trying to pretend it's a fucking found footage movie, which is the startling thing. It's a film within a film, Connor. Yeah, basically. It's a film within a film talking about a film. It, this film is so meta, it makes me want to fucking throw up. Okay, well, I'll go into the, the background of that real fast because this was uh, Artisan wanted to cash in on Blair Witch 1 right away. Yeah. Like you do. Okay. Okay. Fine. Sure. So for some reason, they hired a documentary filmmaker. That's what Berlinger is. He's a documentarian. Um. So he wanted to go at this in a very meta way. He wanted to do a movie about a psychological unraveling about people who became too obsessed and like lazily too much into the first Blair Witch, who were convinced it was real, who didn't want to do any research, who were like, "No, don't tell me it's fake. I know it's real. You can't tell me it's fake." Which sounds more interesting than this. Which, which, to be fair, like, if you recall, that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's a, a, that was absolutely a thing. I'm with that. Like, just real quick, I just want to talk about the first five minutes, because it go, it comes and goes, like, in a blink of an eye. That is the movie I would rather see. Like, fine, you want to have your, your, your group of people who become unhinged because they saw this movie, and then, you know, decided to go on a fucking crazy rampage or whatever because they're, because they're insane, and can't tell the between fantasy and reality that's cool yes but that's not what this does not successfully anyway no and i think you were you were talking in the chat earlier about like that a recut couldn't save this and you're right because a recut doesn't exist this is it yeah this is the only thing that was filmed and actually this includes more than what was originally filmed because a lot of the crap you see in between like scene transitions weird jump cuts to stuff you're not really like the, the weird uh, the gory bits the mental asylum bits all that stuff that was all filmed five weeks before release oof and it looks like shit it looks like shit because it was all filmed in the, di- in the director's backyard <laughs> like it's very apparent this started the seed of this idea was i would say more interesting than what we got but as soon as artisan got their hands out they were like yeah cool idea you're doing this and do this please do this please do this they made weird concessions like they changed the song from Frank Sinatra's Witchcraft to Marilyn Manson Disposable Teens. The Sinatra song, honestly, like, would have been better than the Manson song they went with, but could you be more on the nose? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, th- I think, well, th- I think that was the point. It was be cheeky. But then Artisan was like, no, use Manson because that's what's trendy right now. And yeah. if you look at the whole soundtrack, it is a wasteland of 90s uh, uh, new rock, uh, industrial rock, hip-hop rock. Like, fucking Godhead is on this soundtrack. Why? No one listens to Godhead except me. You mean you don't like Dragula? We're trying to sell fucking albums, man. Look, look, here's the thing. No one on Earth bought a Godhead album except me, okay? And I know this for a fact. <laughs> that's that's it. I'm the only one. You're one and only uh, buyer. You bought this on VHS. I did, and I'll, I'm not ashamed of myself. Connor had the VHS, and he watched it so many times that he's like, damn, I gotta get the fucking soundtrack. He was so proud of it. 
Um, well, I even, I even, I, I dove into the stupid ass fucking uh, ARG that's buried in this fucking movie, The Secret of S. Rever, which we'll get to when we finish the actual plot of the movie, because it, it, because that depends on going back and rewatching it. What? You got to hit me with that shit later. I remember that whole conspiracy thing, or like that whole hidden thing when this came out. Well, we're right on the fucking heels of Sixth Sense with all that shit. People are like, oh, M. Night Shyamalan put fucking secrets in his movie. It was a marketing campaign and ploy and basically like an alternate reality game right. that most people were surprised even made it into the final picture because if you go back you're like this this has no real world consequences it leaves no legacy no cultural impact nothing so now you have a full movie that's basically 90 minutes of fucking easter eggs where you go what i mean what was the lasting appeal nothing no <laughs> It's it's lore goodies. That's all it is. It's all and it's all buried in Blair Witch lore, which is yeah. the strangest thing I've ever had to say about a movie. Lore in air quotes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> lore in air quotes. But like that's the thing too. Like when the first movie came out, that whole website that they had, which they even reference in the movie, was fucking really well done and really creepy. The the whole campaign for the first film was brilliant. It was like. Texas Chainsaw Massacre on fucking roids. Like, because of the internet and because of all that kind of... Because of the the avenue that it had to play around... Or, or the, it, the the space that it had to play around with and, and how to get to people. You know what I mean? They'd be like, this shit's true. Word on the street is the fucking Blair Witch is real. Especially in 1999. Where yeah. Like, you know, you take the internet angle and then, like, you know, the internet had been around for a little while, but for the majority of the public, it's only been around for a couple of years, so no one's really got their head wrapped around it yet. Or at least the, the public the general public yeah and this this movie was kind of following not close in the heels of but like what was it cannibal holocaust or cannibal ferox the one that kind of started off the whole the like the real found footage kick yeah it was cannibal holocaust okay and then actually a, lo- a lesser known entry is a movie called the last broadcast that came out a little before this one that actually used like i was gonna bring this up later yeah i've seen that i've seen that movie like six times um it used like what is it like really early chat room streaming utilizing their movie yes and that is single-handedly the best Jersey Devil film out as of right now. I fucking love the last broadcast. It is fantastic. It was so good. I just want to point out that Joe just said this is like an that movie is amazing, and you only watched it six times. And earlier said you watched this film twelve times. Just just want to point that out. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's I, I guess like last broadcast is way easier to digest, and because I watched this so many times because I was looking for the stupid bullshit they hid between the scenes. Last broadcast is super coherent. First of all, yeah, and it has a plot that unravels and then has a twist ending and you're like, oh my God, that was brilliant. And I wanted to make, I wanted to bring that up later because it's very akin to what happens in this film, but this film fails miserably at that angle. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm like actively defending all the mistakes this movie makes, but I will say there are, there's lots of stuff that went into why this movie is such a fucking disaster. And it's not, you can't blame one party specifically, like one dude had a good idea, but it also seems like he didn't stand up for any of his good ideas. No. And Artisan is like, and then throwing shit at the walls. Um, and it's just, it seems like a combination of people either not standing up for themselves, making bad decisions, um, uh, not having any foresight, and just all around just making mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. And if it goes from the director to the studio to the marketing team to everything. Like, this movie is bungled at every step. Right. So... Here's I just want to break down a couple things. So Berlinger has said that like, oh, the studio butted in and fucked up my movie or whatever. And I'm like, even if this got a director's cut, you're not fixing this, man. No, no, you couldn't. Like there, like unless you have a whole nother movie shot on like handheld film, 
no, you're not going to fix this fucking which, movie. Which, like I said, to my knowledge, there isn't any. What no. we see is what there is. There's nothing else to add or take. If you took away stuff, you can't replace it with anything else. I- exactly. That's where I'm like, well, what the fuck? You have a pitch-perfect campaign for the first film, and you see exactly... Now, what I don't get is, like, here you go. Here's Hollywood. We, we, we're churning out a, a, a sequel to the first film. Why are we not just doing the same thing again? And you know what? We mentioned Paranormal Activity. They did that, and it worked for... I like at least two sequels it works yeah, for. I love for Paranormal sure. Activity 2. I think Paranormal Activity 2 is one of my favorite jump scares of all time when the kitchen explodes. I've never seen anything past the first one. The second one is great because it directly ties into the consequence of the first movie. And actually, if they, they feel like they take place... You know how 3 and 4 of Saw take place congruently and you can watch them back to back? Yes. And it feels like they take place in the same time window? Mm-hmm. 1 and 2 are, t- are the exact same thing. You can They feel like they take place in the same few days. That's what Wingard got right with the new Blair Witch. He was like, okay... Well, we're going to make a fucking sequel to Blair Witch. So what are we going to do? We're going to fucking strap on our goddamn handy cams. We're going to take advantage of the fucking GoPros and the drones and shit and, and, and make a scary movie like the first film, but like with a twist because it's, you know, uh, uh, not 1999. It's fucking 2016. Right. It's modern. Right. It's and modern. here's the thing with Blair Witch th- 3, I, I suppose we'll call her Blair Witch 2016. Yeah. I'm not crazy about the Blair Witch series altogether, but I think the the eventual like angle they went with Blair Witch 3 was like the best idea they could have come up with oh for sure and that's it that's like the only other story you can really tell and I think that's why I appreciated it because I remember vividly like seeing the first Blair Witch when it came out my aunt had taken me and she was she was <laughs> she always took me to go see like R-rated horror films so she took me to go see Scream when it came out and we went to go see yeah and see I was gonna mention but now you mentioned that I'll just bring it up here I never got to see Blair Witch until after I saw this movie oh jeez because I had parents who who would rather drop dead than take me to an R-rated film in theaters <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers because that was, quote-unquote, too violent. That was the, uh, you know, I had the same thing, Connor. It's the old Irish guilt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is, is, like, my my old man gets really scared of shit. Like, if he went to go see Blair Witch in the theaters, he would have fucking died. See, my dad was the one who was trying to secretly indoctrinate me with old horror movies, but my mom was the one who would get in the way. My dad would bring me the Universal Monster movies, Night of Living Dead. But yep, sounds very familiar. I wasn't allowed to go see Blair Witch in theaters because the F-bomb was there, and I can't hear the no-no word. I'm the exact opposite of your situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's my, it was my mom who, like, gave me all that stuff. But And then I remember vividly going to see the one in 2016. I don't remember seeing Blair Witch 2 because because I saw it one time and who could give a fuck? And my point there is that not the best films, but they're very entertaining and they're scary for, for lack of a better term. I mean, they are, especially the first one. Yeah. No, I would. No, that's a good point. Do you guys, uh, do, do you guys want to give like a quick uh, breakdown of what actually Blair Witch is just for the few people maybe out there that don't know what it is? Because it is 20 years old, like, it hurts me to say that, but... The Blair Witch was a fucking goddamn cultural phenomenon, dude. Like, I remember when this came out, and it was, like, you know, the scariest movie ever made, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, nothing really... It's weird to compare it to, but, like, I'm gonna compare it to The Exorcist, because... Yeah, oh, I agree wholeheartedly. Growing up... There were movies that came out, you know, fucking Friday the 13th, you know, Jason Goes to Hell, and, 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 uh, you know, that was when I was growing up. You know, part nine came out of fucking Jason, and, and Nightmare on the Street, Freddy's Dead, and, or New Nightmare, rather. Uh, but 
you know, nobody was scared of it. Nobody was like, oh, you know, this is new and exciting and scary. No one was like, leave the lights on when we go to bed. Right, because Jason and Freddy had how many fucking movies by that point, right? Nobody gave right. a shit anymore. Nobody was scared of them anymore. Which is which is funny because when Scream came out, which I think this movie is actually sort of trying to... Did this come out before or after Scream? Was Scream like 98, 99? Scream was 96. Okay, so this movie does the whole like, you know, oh, if you consume media, it's going to affect you, blah de blah and Scream is kind of aping that, but the first 10 minutes of Scream, I needed the lights on. That movie scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> It's it's spooky. Like, I don't personally like Scream, but that's a whole other fucking argument. Yeah, oh, totally. What I was getting at there was like, yeah, you know, you come back to The Exorcist and, and people are like, that, wow, that was the scariest movie I've ever seen. That, like, that scared me. And then this was that kind of that kind of thing where, it, you know, The Blair Witch came out and people were like, oh my God, this is the scariest movie in fucking 25 years or 30 years. Right. Yeah, and it had also had a similar angle of like, but it, Exorcist wasn't filmed as if it was like you're seeing the last footage of this pastor and you know this this possessed girl. But no, didn't they basically frame it as like this? This probably happened. Yeah, well, it's a it's it's supposed to be like a recount of this yeah. specific case. And at the time, there's no internet; you can't prove or disprove it. So people are right. gonna walk away taking at face value and going, "Holy shit." The, the fucking devil's real and possession's real and this might have happened and, like, my faith has been challenged. But also, like, that movie, like, head to toe is fucking creepy. Oh, yes, it for is. sure. And, but then, but, okay, so then let's even look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre. When that came out, that scared the shit out of people. They were like, oh my god, this really fucking happened? Well, you know, at that point, take it really back, like, you know, not to be too cynical about it, but, you know, when fucking Frankenstein came out, people were freaked out by it. You know, you got to think about when these movies came out, like, you know, by the year. Oh, for sure. But we're talking about, so, but I'm, I'm talking about specifically, like, visceral horror. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, when Texas Chainsaw Master came out, we're talking about 1974, and there's just the fucking crawl, man. It's like... There was bizarre murders in the Texas, what have you, and all these people died. And and a, and again, pre-internet, you can't disprove that sentence exactly. And he was like, it became infamously known as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, what are you gonna go down to the library and get out the fucking Britannica Encyclopedia? Exactly. Like, what are you gonna jump on the? You, you can't. It's nineteen seventy four. You're not gonna jump on the internet and be like, is the fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre real? It would. It would take you nine days to find out it was actually fiction. Like, it would. <laughs> if you go on Google right now and type in is texas chainsaw massacre real like it'll like autofill for you because i'm sure like people are still looking at it yeah google just laughs at you <laughs> but the, uh but blair witch if you want to like crunch down the actual plot it was three kids going to the woods with the camera to look for the a local legend supposed blair witch and a bunch of spooky ass shit happens to them and they disappear no one ever yeah, saw them again that's scary they found their footage afterwards and what you're seeing is their their firsthand account of what they saw and what happened to them the ending to that movie is one of the few things i do remember about it because it's just like holy fuck it's a tease at the same time it is it totally works like i remember people were pissed off about it like oh you don't even see the witch or whatever and i'm like no that's the point motherfucker like exactly i feel like if you do see it it takes something away from it like that's not the kind of movie they were trying to make right which is kind of the fall the fallacy of the 2016 one but you see her in such like weird glimpses i've actually been told that's not the witch it's somebody else i don't know i don't know I haven't really, <laughs> I haven't like broken down that film, but yeah, when you do see it, it's 
creepy. It is a very it's a it's an interesting design because when you see flashes of something that just doesn't make any sense to you from a physical standpoint because it's yes it's a body horror esque design monster where like the the configurations proportions and design of that thing don't make any sense to me physically yeah. and it's freaking me the fuck out. And when you can't examine it. It's even yeah. more freaky. It's like, wait, right. what the fuck did I just see chasing these people? Which is almost like borderline Lovecraftian at that point. Yes, actually, yeah, the end of that film was very Lovecraftian. It's it- actually why, like, it, this is not to go into tangent, but, like, when I first saw Signs, the bits I saw of those aliens freaked the fuck out of me because my brain was doing the work for me. Yes. When that fucking, when they show that broadcast in Signs and the fucking alien walks by the thing, I was like, that's creepy as fuck. I was like, Shyamalan, yep. nailing it. And then, and then you fucking gave me the end of that film and... <laughs> It ruins it. Chop it off. I don't need it. Hey, man, you you know what? Honestly, if I had a fucking tinfoil hat, I could have made it through this movie without, like, wanting to jump out my window. <laughs> I know we're trying to... We're almost, like, avoiding it by like, talking so much about the actual, like, good Blair Witch movies, but... Yeah. I, I, the thing is, though, the thing is you have to actually talk around this because this movie is a fucking anomaly because it's a sequel to a massive cult phenomenon. Like, not even cult phenomenon. A fucking f- cultural phenomenon and then had a successful threequel in the in the late 2000 or yeah late 2010s yeah. that was also a global hit yeah. and you have this fucking movie wedge in the middle that does nothing for anybody no it's not for anyone and it's kind of just a nothing it's called book of shadows there's no fucking book in this movie whatsoever yeah. spoilers <laughs> Oh wait, there is a book, but we'll get to it. I mean, I, we'll we'll talk about it as we get into the movie. But there's like a lot of weird, like anti-Wiccan shit in this movie. Yeah, there's this movie's got opinions on stuff. Uh, yeah, it sure does, and it's stuffing it down our fucking throats, and I'm gonna throw it all up. So, I guess I'll try to plot crunch this as as concisely as possible. Go, shoot, hats off to you. Basically, Jeffrey Donovan. Uh, and a bunch of people that he tricks into thinking he's a tour guide go into the fucking woods, and, uh, some weird shit happens that may or not have actually happened, and as Connor joked about in the intro, videotapes don't lie, uh, but, uh, it, it, it concludes with an interrogation scene, um... To, to say more than that would not be concise, but that is essentially the plot of this film. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the interrogation scenes because, like, whoever decided to uh, how those were edited should be taken out back and shot in the leg, not fatally. <laughs> I, no, not even <laughs> shot in the leg. Fucking beat with a goddamn stick. Beaten, beaten with a film reel? <laughs> beaten with a fucking one of those Blair Witch fucking stick figures. Of which there are tons of hidden in this film uh, in plain sight. I'm sorry, hidden? <laughs> <laughs> no, there are, there are, there's, because in, in, when I said there's tons of Easter eggs, like, there, there are shadows that can make up stick men, there are things that fall on the ground in the shape oh, of stick men. Oh, for God's sake. There are stuff assembled in the background that are the shape of stick men. It's fucking everywhere. Who could fucking care? Here is my first major problem with this film. There, there's going to be a list of many major problems I have with this oh, film. Oh, I've got three pages of notes. But you guys were, you know, we're talking about... The original Blair Witch and, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and even Exorcist, how they have, like, that opening, uh, you know, first couple screens. I don't want to call it a crawl, but, like, first couple pa- first couple screens of, like, black screen with white text. Yeah, it's a, it's like an introduction. Oh, this incredibly, this incredibly egregious and bullshit text crawl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, for some odd reason, I, I still don't understand this after watching this a few days ago, why this was necessary, but they have to add a line in there saying, this is a reenactment of events. And I'm sitting there thinking... Why? Yeah, this is this is a dramatized account of of a real life event that occurred shortly after the release of the Blair Witch Project. It's like 
you fucking liars. Like, this isn't even, this isn't even clever deception. You're just making this up. Well, that's the problem. Like, see, uh, not to keep talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but, like, that is the, literally one of the only films you can get away with that. Like, yeah, we don't have any footage of them actually dying or being killed, but here's a dramatization of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt like this movie was, like, very unnecessary. You, they wanted two things because it's supposed to be a a dramatization of real-life events, but then you cast actors whose first names are also the first names of the characters in this film. So are you telling me they're actors or are you telling me they're people? Can we, can I, can I tell you a story real quick? Sure. So I'm watch, so I'm watching this piece of shit before, right? And and my fiance is sitting next to me, and she's working, and we're watching the film. And so that Erica chick, I couldn't put my finger on it, right? I couldn't tell who it was. So I was like, who? I was like, babe, who is that? And she's like, I don't know. Let me look it up. So she looks it up, and um, she's like, wait a second. She's like, what's her name in the movie? I was like, Erica. And she's like, okay. And what's the other girl's name? I was like, Kim. She's like, okay. I'm like, well, what's the other girl's name? And I'm like. Tristan, she's like, "Are you fucking serious?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, the, 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 those are the characters in the film." And she's like, "Look at this shit." She's showing me the IMDb <laughs> page because I didn't even look at it because I didn't give a shit even to look except to see who the director was. So let me let me run you down on this real quick. So we have Kim Kim director Erica Learson and Tristan Skyler. You ready for this shit? Oh oh, and Jeff Donovan and Stephen Barker Turner. You ready for this shit? Kim Director's name is Kim Diamond in the film. Wow, that's lazy. Erica Learson's name in the film is Erica Gearson. Oh. <laughs> Just change one letter. No one will tell. You ready for this? Tristan Schuyler's name is Tristan Ryler. With a slightly different spelling, if I recall. <laughs> Jeff Donovan is Jeff Patterson. That one's the only one you can get away with. And Stephen Parker Turner is Stephen Ryan Parker. Which is the best one because they felt the need to give him like three names. <laughs> three names. What the fuck? And and I guess I guess that came down that came down to a dispute between the director, the studio, and the marketing team. Because I guess the marketing team was like, look, like I know you use first like real first names for the actors in the first one. You can't do it this time. They're actors. They have public faces. Wait, is that is that really a thing that happened? Oh yeah, no. Th- this was this was a dispute between. I can't remember if it was the marketing team wanting to use the first name or the studio wanting to use the first names. Oh my god! It was an actual argument between two t- two parties in this production that wanted to use either their first their real names or made up names. Because my whole theory on that was just that when they were filming the movie, because of the way it was made, they were just like fucking up and kept saying the wrong names. So they just nope. said, ah, fuck it. You're just Kim. Nope. You're Erica. You're Jeff. I think the thing is, because it's a marketing team, this movie was already filmed. And, okay, so it was definitely, the marketing team disagreed. Basically saying like, okay, we have to give them different last names. We can't just have these people be the actors that you're casting. So it's actually the director's fault at the end of the day. Probably, yes. yes. If this was intentional, it's fucking stupid. It yeah. is dumb because, like I said, they are. You can't get away with this because they're actors who, they're known at. They're not known actors, but like you're, you're telling me the way this is filmed. These are actors. These aren't real people. Yes, and then if you flip it on the other side, it's like, oh well, we wanted to use the real names because this is a real story. No, it's not. Well, it's a reenactment. It's a reenactment of a fake story 
based on another movie that's better. Yeah, yeah. basically. You're a fucking moron if you think that this is going to work. So so we, we jump from that literally to the, the fucking archive footage of what you guys were talking about earlier, of all the late night show hosts talking about the fucking Blair Witch movie about how great it is and how it's freaking people out. Like, they have, like, this footage from, like, literal, like, late night shows in there of, like, Jay Leno and, like, Conan O'Brien and shit. It's just, it's the scariest movie I've ever seen. I've ever seen. Yes, it's so scary. Kurt Loder's there. He's like, this is MTV News and the Blair Witch is scary. Waited. N- nothing in this movie made my hair turn gray <laughs> and, like, you remember Indiana Jones when he drinks the wrong cup? <laughs> like, when Kurt Loder popped on screen, I was like, yeah! We interrupt this for MTV News. I felt so old so, so fast. MTV News to Burkittsville. Yes. But uh, here's the thing. Like, okay, so this is the first five minutes we were talking about before. Like, I'm into this. I'm into this whole first bit. Yeah, yeah because yeah. it's it's showing, like, it's showing, you know, supposed real citizens of this town being like, I can't stand the fact that this movie was made because now all that happens is tourists come by. They fill our town with bullshit. They film us all the time. We're tired of it. Please go away. I did read that those were legit people that live in the town holy shit really i didn't even know that yeah like actual like which is kind of cool until you get to ronald cravens huh oh i don't i don't remember him he's the fucking he's the police chief he's the sheriff oh this this rootin' tootin' motherfucker oh my god okay this but what what fucking decade (laughs) and part of the country is this asshole from he's like this guy's accent is all over the place he is god damn it he's from seven different parts of the south also from 200 years ago this is my favorite character oh i love the way he says certain words like 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 pentagram because he says pentagram he's like foghorn leghorn with a fucking badge (laughs) i say i say jeff you open that door and let me in so i can arrest you for sure so like okay so so you see the whole beginning of actual footage from actual shows like we said mtv news jay leno all of that shit about the first film and then uh like sean and and connor had said you know there's there's all like interviews with people about you know what actually happened the phenomena of the movie then this and then i'm like okay i'm into this like okay i'm i i believe it i'm believing this and then this motherfucker comes out ronald cravens he's like he's the sheriff of this fucking movie and he's a goddamn character <laughs> and he's in the woods and he goes he goes He's on a fucking megaphone, and he's like, he's like, God damn it! Oh my God, yes. He's like, get out of my woods. There ain't no goddamn Blair Witch. Get out of my woods. There ain't no goddamn Blair Witch. And they make a point to have every tourist that he's yelling at is like goth dressed in black. Like, are these literally the only people that came here to check this out? Oh, and I like how they're, I like how there's like, there's 200 of them. They're all just running into the woods. Like, what? It's not, it's not a scavenger hunt, you losers. Fucking calm down. No, yeah. There's a bunch of, like, goth kids. Like, I'm talking about, like, hot topic goth kids. Yeah. In oh, the yeah. fucking graveyard with, like, black candles and shit. I'm like, it's... come on. Like, what the fucking stupid. I was watching the movie, much like you, Joe, and my girlfriend was sitting next to me, and she sees, like, costume designers. She's like, oh, you mean the person that just went to Hot Topic and picked all the stuff up for the character? <laughs> exactly. Like, like, it's not even goth. It's like, it's like Hot Topic goth, which is like yeah. the studded necklace and all that kind of shit. You got one kid in corpse makeup. Everyone else is just plain clothes. All that stuff is super expensive, so that costume designer spent too much money. <laughs> <laughs> it, you, oh, yeah. 
But everybody ran to Hot Topic after they saw this movie, bought the fucking... That'll be $75 for that black shirt with safety pins in it. Well, we got fucking Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie kicking up in this, man. They're fucking... <laughs> they, they're, they're, buying, they're buying the fucking album. They're going to Hot Topic. They're buying their fucking leather pants and shit there, the plastic pants. After Foghorn Leghorn is on his megaphone, we meet um, the first, like, other character in the movie, which is Jeff, and he's, he's selling stick men. And he does this, like, very obviously, like, oh, you're nuts, but not in a clinical way yet. Um, yeah. He does this whole thing where he's like, oh, people tell me it's a movie, but I know. And then people come, they hug me, and they go, I know. And I go, I know. And they go, I know. And we hug. I'm like, mm, you, mm, you're touched. All right, let me stop you there, because I'm like, okay. Now, again, I've only seen this movie once, and I know that at some point it shifts to, like, movie, movie. Yeah, Um. right away. <laughs> and I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, that's a pretty good setup. Like, I like that. Like, it's the, fin- you know, the like we were talking before, like, um, it's the fallout of the phenomenon of the first film in where some nut fuck thinks that it's real. Yeah, because there are pe- there are people like that who you can't tell, yeah. like, this is fiction. They go, no, you can't tell me it's not real. I believe it's real. Therefore, it is. Those are those are people who can be dangerous because they they can't tell between reality and fiction. Well, it's like the people, yeah, it's like the people who were, like, killing themselves because they couldn't live inside of James Cameron's fucking avatar. <laughs> like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Um... Did you have something else to say after that? Because because uh, the next few minutes of footage is <laughs> kind of funny. Um, go go ahead, and I will interject as <laughs> as needed. Okay, so as soon as soon as you introduce this like series of cuts, this kind of interesting docudrama stuff, you are then fucking catapulted into a a series of cuts of the character we just saw that we just met in what's clearly well, it's a shower, but it's supposed to be a mental institute. Um. Because this was also filmed five weeks before release, because studio was like, this movie needs a villain. Because the witch can't be the villain, right? Yeah, okay. Make Jeff crazy. Um, actual studio notes. So, first of all, I work at a hospital, it's an animal hospital, but sterility is still a thing. What the fuck are these people doing? <laughs> and this is supposed to be like 99, like they weren't doing that shit anymore. It's like some asshole smoking a cigarette directly above some guy who's probably anesthetized. Yeah, like you're that's like 1965. Yeah, they're crudely jamming a feeding tube into this guy's nose that's like the size of my thumb and then like pouring like what looks like fucking tapioca pudding into this tube and feeding him that way. It's like chicken broth. I was wondering what that was. It, there's like a first person shot of like some dude like leaning over and sticking with something, but the point of view makes it look like this dude just stabbed him square in the mouth with a syringe. See, here yeah, well here's the thing like I thought I didn't even realize it didn't dawn on me that was a feeding tube because i'm like why are they sticking it down his nose a and b that didn't look like any food what was it like bull bullion or some shit like what the fuck why why what the guy wouldn't eat like what it looked like some kind of goopy medication or something because like the next shot is him very clearly sedate he's drooling and then there's some jump cuts of him being fire hosed in a shower wait a second he's not drooling he's like puking up flour like like wet flour looks like he's ODing. yes he's foaming basically he's he's uh, he's hyper salivating is basically what it is he's mia wallacing all over the fucking table yeah and like he's being like hosed off in the shower and there's shots of him in a straitjacket. 
you never figure out what his supposed affliction is. No. This is there for no reason. I was literally, and maybe I'm jumping ahead a little too much, but I was waiting for the last scene in the movie to be him in the fucking hospital bed in a straitjacket. That's what I thought. Yeah, you think it's going to end the way A Tale of Two Sisters does, but you go like, oh, she's fucking nuts. Yeah. Or this dude's fucking nuts, and there's no payoff whatsoever. Right. And, like, and that would have been way more acceptable, and I would have been like, fine, I'll buy all the other bullshit. It's stupid, but I'll buy it. You know? Yeah. But that's not what happens. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying that would have been an ideal end to the film, but it would have been something. Yeah, there's sprinkles of people going like, they should have never let you out, or I'll send you back to where you came from, or something like that. Yeah. But it's always referenced and never actually explained. Yeah, we do kind of get back to that, and I, okay, I know the reason. Do you know the reason? Why he was sent there? No. Okay, so I was reading up before, um, and somebody actually did a recut of this film, but they I only saw the trailer. I didn't see the actual recut of the movie. Um, but apparently he's in the mental institution because he had stolen a baby and, like, brought it into the woods and said something along the lines, like, after he was taken in, he like, something along the lines of... The younger the flesh, the the sweeter or some shit like that, and then they put him in a mental institute mental institution. That's actually really fucked, and I wish that was in the movie. Yeah. Well, I thought that was the premise. Now I'm going into this film thinking that, and I'm like, oh, that's what's gonna happen. What the fuck? That's that's well, that's like some old school like witch like yeah. negative cult fucking lore type stuff. Well, like, yeah. It, like in the movie The Witch. Yes, exactly. Like that actually happens. Sean, I'm glad you mentioned that because real quick, back to some trivia. Yeah. So when this sequel was being shopped around. Someone had a script, apparently. Arlen told me this, of all people. Friend of the show, by the way. When there was a script being discussed for a, for a sequel, uh, he said that apparently one idea was a period piece where a family lives in the outskirts of a woods and a witch is more of a presence than an actual character. Hey! Hmm. Guess what? Better movie. Yeah. Way better movie. And that this, this movie could have actually become that for a hot second in time. Uh, you know what, though? This fucking guy directing? I don't think so. I don't think, no, this this would have, it would have been a disaster and we would have never gotten the bitch in the first place. It would have been a pile of shit. No, Black Phillip would have been a fucking guy in a mask made out of paper mache, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> he would have blamed the fucking, he'd be like, oh, the studio fucked up my film. <laughs> yeah, okay, buddy. Go sit the fuck down. It's like a green-skinned witch. She's like, oogie boogie. Yeah. She looks like Meg Mucklebones. What a fine, <laughs> fat boy you are, Jack or Jeff, rather. It's it, Agatha, from fucking Double Double Toil and Trouble. <laughs> Still getting her fucking head beat, beat in by the hug a bunch. It's Granny Van Dam from Bleeder. She's like, oh, give me, give me, give me your baby. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I got a fucking dick figure to show you, Sonny. Fucking, she fucking fires that wheelchair into the woods at 200 miles an hour. She's like, I can drive this thing anywhere I want. I'm gonna tap on your tent real quick. I'm gonna spook you. She's got the fucking, uh, the new character from Toy Story 4. That ain't no stick. <laughs> She's got fucking Sporky there. He's like, I, why, why am I a toy? Why do I exist? She's like, oh. Fuck you. Bye. <laughs> bye. Take off your clothes. <laughs> So we we go from this mental institution fucked up shenanigans straight to slam cut to the second opening credits. Kick up the fucking Manson. <laughs> oh God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's For 48 fucking hours, this song has been embedded in my brain. Dude. So at work, I'm going boo do 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 I don't hate this song. I love this song. But I don't want to hear it in this movie. I don't hate it either, but like... 
it plays like the you hear the entire song while we fly over the woods. <laughs> Just the, it's the it's the witch woods or something. It's spooky out there. Um, yeah, it's and it's it's really like it's the tone it's setting is like okay, is this gonna be an action film? Like what the fuck is this? I'm not scared. It goes from this to the first interrogation scene with no context or explanation. What the fuck? Okay, <sighs> this is the movie. This is like the movie's like second major sin because yeah. these interrogation scenes start in the first ten minutes of the film, leaving no sense of suspension, or like like suspense or tension, because I'm like, okay, these this dude's fucked up somehow. Like he's done something wrong. And the thing that gets me on top of all what you just said is that like in the first scene, he has kind of like the shaved head, like real thin goatee, much like when he's in the mental institution. And then now he has like a full head of hair. So I'm sitting there scratching my head, like what? I was laughing. There's no clear passage of time. Or um or establishing when this takes place. You, hey, you ever see that movie Memento? <laughs> it's pretty good. How dare you invoke that movie while we're talking about Blair Witch Two? I think that's what the editor was like. Hey, we should do that. Fucking. You ever see Usual Suspects? We should do that. Did you ever see Pulp Fiction? We should film it out of. You ever heard of a guy named Quentin Tarantino? We should film it out of. <laughs> So I saw Pulp Fiction once. Man, fuck you. That's what this feels like they're trying to do, but like can't do it right. That, that guy's, I don't think that guy's really good. I think we could do it better. I think, okay, whatever. Kim, whatever, the fucking editor of this. Go. Give it to me, baby. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what kind of voice that was supposed to be, but that was the other slime ball. Every, every time they have one of these interrogation scenes, which are, are peppered throughout the film, unfortunately, <laughs> and they all feature Foghorn Leghorn. Oh yeah, he's a trip, man. Yeah, it, it's either Foghorn Leghorn or this bald-headed guy who's just like. And they're and, and both dudes are. It's like let's go play bad cop, bad cop. Yeah. Well, yeah. You yeah. got fucking. You got fucking. You got the guy from Terminator and the fucking Henry Winkler interviewing that one guy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It, like, and it, it's everyone's being bad cop. Like, no one's going in there trying to be. No one's being rational. Like, everyone goes in there and is like, "Tell me who killed who," and it's like, what, "Slow down, start from the beginning." I'm telling you, man, that Steve guy was getting fucking Daniel Baldwin feels from that guy the whole he, film. He kind of was. He actually yeah. looks kind of like a Baldwin. He's like a long lost Baldwin with better jeans. Yeah, he looks like a scars guard. Yeah, that Nordic blonde hair. He does no, he like his even his face too. I'm like, you look like I could see it. Yeah, you look like a young ass Stellan Skarsgard. In this in the, in this interrogation scene, you find out that it's I, I wanna say they say it's like November fifteenth and, and the cops are saying, What happened out there? What happened out there? And 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 Jeff is is basically saying, Oh, you know, we can't explain it. It was all an accident and then, you know, cut to two days ago, three days ago. And him in this fucking camo ass van. It's like the va- it basically looks like the van from Baby's Day Out without the fucking fishbowl, uh, you know, at the on top of the van. Yeah. Oh, it's a pest killer van. It's a rape van. Let's be honest. Um, and this is where we basically meet four of the five main characters right in one fell swoop. So <sighs> it's what Jeff is driving the car, Tristan's in the front seat, Steven's in the back seat, and then Erica just sits up. She's like, I'm here too. And then they kind of all had this weird back and forth about like the validity of the Blair Witch Project, and Erica is a Wiccan. <laughs> And she's going to remind you every time she opens her mouth. Mind you, I'm not getting down on Wiccans, but this no, woman, not at all. this woman, and whoever wrote this script doesn't know shit about shit about anything. What well, was co-written by the director? This movie's representation of this character seems like a very um, over-corrected apology for the Wiccan community that nobody asked for. I guess. Like, I don't think this. I don't think this community asked for you of all people to stand up and say, "Hey." 
leave them alone. And it's like in some scenes, it's very tongue in cheek and others it's played super seriously and others it just totally disregards everything they've said in the past uh, in other parts of the movie. Yeah, yeah, but it's but it's also like, why are we trying to bring Wicca into the fucking Blair Witch scene? And I also don't think that there was an outcry against Wiccans when Blair Witch came out. Like, I don't think that was a thing. Well, I mean, there probably was from, like, the far right, you know, Christian groups, but who gives a shit about them? Yeah, but who gives a fuck what those people think? <laughs> Nobody, f- who the fuck cares? They're I'm complaining that, that they always was. complain about everything. Yeah. yeah, but they complain about everything. The thing is, right. the thing is, like, are you telling me that the Wiccan community was like, "Hey, the Blair Witch was a was a was a forest witch"? Like, like I mean, I'm sure there was a percentage, you know. Yeah, but like, do we need a character that has to have a sympathetic side towards the witch? Oh, are you are you saying? Yeah, you're saying. Do you, are you? Why do we have a character who's trying to stand up for a character? Not even a character, an entity we've never met yeah. who doesn't have any characteristics beyond being a force of nature or a force of evil. Precisely. An influence, if you will. That is like if someone stood up in the middle of Akira and said, Hey, leave Akira alone. He's got feelings in those glass jars. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's a great example because I was going to say it reminds me a lot of Dragon Ball where it was just like, you know, I'm sure there were people involved in that project that had read the the comic or, you know, watched the anime. But like it felt like a movie that someone just picked it up, flipped through a fucking couple of pages and said, OK, I know what it's all about. Yeah. Like, yeah very exactly. similar kind of vibe. With yeah. This, you know, with the movie as a whole, but specifically with this character. It's like these people think the Blair Witch is like, you know, a person you can go shake hands with. Was, yeah. I don't think she if she was, she's not anymore. She is a force. She is the forest. Like she is like the. Because once Blair Witch 3 came out, we got a better idea of what her abilities are and what right. her domain is and what she can do with reality, which is bend it to her will. Right, but you got, you got to keep in mind, you know, there's, you know, there's a 16-year gap in between that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it was it was pretty well thought out, in my opinion, and, and well explored. But, like, he, we have this sympathetic character for the fucking Blair Witch, and she's just, like, trying to commune with her and, like, yeah. wants to be taught by her and all this shit. I'm like, what the fuck are you trying to do? Right, and, you know, it comes up later in the film, but she's, like, praying to Persephone, and it's like, that's, like, you know, the goddess that, you know, my girlfriend was telling me that was married to Hades... Hey. But not under yeah. her volition, and it doesn't make any sense to be calling for her help. It, exactly. It just, like I said, they opened up a page in a fucking Wiccan book and was like, this looks good. But you shouldn't pursue these kinds of things if you're not going to fucking study it and, like, do it right. You know what I mean? No, yeah. But especially at the lengths that they go with this shit, and it's like, that's fucking stupid. And we'll get to the runes and all that shit later, but... It's coming. Yeah. Oh, it's going to come hard and heavy. They're in the car, and they're driving, and, and kind of like you guys were saying, not a whole lot is really conveyed here other than that Erica's Wiccan, and that, you know, like I kind of half mentioned earlier, Jeff, you know, says, uh, yeah, it's my first tour, too, and they're like, wait a minute, I thought you had done a bunch of these. He's like, it's, he's like, well, it says it right on your website. He's like, well, no, I've sold 10,000 products, but I, you know, it's my first tour, too, because th- this fucking guy, he goes out into the Blair Witch, you know, grounds we'll call it and he just like picks up sticks and dirt and shit and sells it on his website oh he's he's a con man i have in my notes this is a mistake this whole fucking thing is a mistake (laughs) mistakes were made yes well they pick up a literal mistake (laughs) yeah they sure do she's got the fucking makeup and everything like like kim is probably if i had to pick a favorite character she's probably is my favorite character one because not to be objective but um hot goth girl i really like looking at her oh yeah my god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, hot goth girl. All right, I'm with it. This woman is beautiful. Even, I don't care how much makeup is on her. Good Lord. Can we, can we, can we leave these fucking losers and go listen to Bauhaus, please? Yeah, please, let's do it.
In the graveyard. Stay there. Yes. So, um, this is actually where one of our first Easter eggs is present, because... Okay, lay it on me. Here we go. Here we go. When they find Kim in the graveyard, she is laying on a tombstone that says Treacle, who I guess is one of the, um... She's in the Blair Witch history. She is someone who is supposedly drowned with the Blair Witch. What history? Where are we talking? Where are we? The Blair Witch history. I'm just trying to process that. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the thing. This movie is full of lore nobody asked for. Where are we pulling this from? Who wrote this? Is this like slash fiction? I don't know. Was Tolkien involved, Connor? <laughs> Trust me. There's there's going to be one moment of, of lore goodiness that's going to happen where you're going to go, what the fuck? When they walk up to Kim and she's laying on the tombstone, they have that weird exchange. Um, the tombstone says Treacle. When they cut back, it says... Oh, okay. It says Further on the tombstone. There's a reason for that. Um, I'll get to it later. I won't I won't detail all of these, but I'm just kind of laying the groundwork for this whole thing at the end. Who in the theater watching this is fucking picking up on this stuff? I, I don't know. Oh, it's not. This is only for home video. This is only for home video. But then it's there for a second, cuts back, it says Treacle again. And that's where I'll leave that. Um, basically, the more the, the moral story is there is a hidden message in this movie, and it's hidden in the background and then said by a character, but she does not say it coherently. See, here, here here's the thing with hidden messages in films, and I, I'll try to make this brief, but it's like you either got to make it really obvious or like so obscure that only the diehard of, of all diehards will find. Yep, and you're looking at them. <laughs> After, after Morgoth collected the Cimmerils, he was like, I'm going to write the Black Bible of the Blair Witch, and then I'm going to go... And I'll wait for a, a virgin to light the black flame candle, <laughs> and the Sanderson sisters will come out, and they'll, they'll pal around with the Blair Witch, and they'll drown the girl named Treacle, and they'll go to Rustin Parr's house and plant a tree. <laughs> Fuck me, man. This is some garbage. This is some hot fucking chaff, dude. They take Kim, they go, and now we have our five main characters who are now assembled, and they're going to go basically to the to the Blair Witch Woods and camp out overnight. Um, along the way, they stop at this weird general store that seems to be trapped in fucking 1785. Um... And Jeff has probably one of my favorite lines of the movie, which is a, kind of, it ties into his, like, whatever skeletons he has. They go, why aren't we in Burkittsville? He's like, I don't go to Burkittsville. I don't even piss in Burkittsville. Comedy gold, man. They go into this fucking store and fucking Gary Oldman's fixing a refrigerator. Yeah, this guy's fixing a refrigerator for fucking two days. <clears throat> that's the other part of the Lord goodness right there. Wait, are you serious? That's because, that's, that's because he's not a regular guy. Remember how I said they go to Rustin Parr's house? That's Rustin Parr. What? <laughs> That's the ghost of Rustin Parr. The ghost of Rustin Parr fixing your fucking refrigerator. <laughs> like, what the fucking stupid? For those who don't know, for those who don't know about, the, I guess, the fucking deep-ass lore of Blair Witch, remember the end of Blair Witch when people stand in the corner? Yes. Yeah. Rustin the- Parr kidnapped seven children from the local village, made them all stand in the corner as he killed them one by one, and when he was finished, he came out of his house and said, I'm all finished now. Oh. oh. Because that's what he says later in the film. Yes, and I want to bring it up now in case I forgot about it, because this is the first time you see him. Who could care, though? See, like, if that was conveyed better, I would actually kind of be into that, but, like, I didn't get that at all. See, that, and that's, like, that's the only, yeah, that's the bit about this I like, because this movie is surrounding these people with bits of, like, this movie's universe, but they're not developing any of it. We're just talking about other films that I want to see, like... (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like other ideas that they should have explored. Instead, it's just like, uh, we gotta buy some groceries or whatever. Bye. And okay, and now I remember why this Treacle name was relevant because the few apparitions we see in this movie are Treacle and Seven Children. Oh, I thought they were the Newsies. No. 
to clean people's chimneys. Oh, I'm here to sweep your chimney, Gov. Don't hit me with your car. So they go in, they buy some, like, some, whatever, some essentials and some nonsense, mostly beer and crap, um, and then ma- make their way off to the woods where there's, like, <sighs> they they say they're the only people there. They're clearly not. <laughs> they walk up to these stones and they're like, do you see that? That's the ancient witch's alphabet. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, so they're they're gonna camp in the the ruins of what was Rustin Parr's house. It's like the foundation's still there, and that's it. It's fucking stupid. Uh, and yes, Joe is right. There's a bunch of like fucking it's it's barely discernible graffiti on the walls. And Eric is like, bloody bloody blah, ruins, bloody blah, glyphs, bloody blah, magic, bloody blah, nature. Oh, and um, it should be noted that Kim, uh, it's implied she's a psychic. It's not really implied as much as it's very on the nose. She's a fucking psychic. I wouldn't even say psychic. I mean, psychic, yes, but more of a clairvoyant. Oh, yeah. She she can read people's thoughts to a degree, and she kind of gets visions of, like, the tr- she gets... F- fuck visions. She knows about some people in, in flashes here and there. But it's never done in, like, an artistic way. It's just like, I notice. No, she just has, like, it's... Remember how, okay, Daniel Baldwin has a script? Kim has the script. Her, <laughs> name, is, her yes. name is fucking Kim Director, after all. Like, I, I, I was about to say, I don't want to spoil too much, but who gives a shit? But I, I feel like the whole point of that was just so, like, when, when shit starts to hit the literal fan later on, that people, like, watching this, in theory, could be like, oh, she's the bad guy, when reality, like, other things transpire. Yeah, like, this movie this movie has a few red herrings, I suppose. Um, yeah, but, like, wouldn't you see that coming? I I don't know, because it, it comes and I, goes. Yeah. Like, she's like, I don't know how it works, it just does. No, I, I mean, I understand that, and if you want to get into talking about clairvoyance and seeing the future and all that bullshit, that's a whole other conversation. But, um, you know, she goes up to she goes up to Kim, and she's like... Or not Kim. Kim goes up to um, Tristan, and she's like, she's like, hey, you're pregnant. And she's like, yup. And she's like, uh, uh, you don't, you don't want to keep it? She's like, nope. And she's like, oh, you're going to keep it because of Steve? And she's like, yup. And she's like, how'd you know okay, that? Okay, bye. She's like, how'd you know that? She's like, I don't know. See ya. Cut. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, that's like a conversation. That's not just, okay, see ya later. No, that's literally the conversation, though. I just did it. Well, no, I'm saying it would be in real life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there would be more to it. Oh, for sure. Earlier, she approaches Jeff and says, hmm, they should have never let you out. You're not sane, and walks away. And you're like, how do you know these things? She just, she literally responds with, I don't know, I just do, or whatever. My character says I have to. After she says that to Jeff, why isn't there, like, five minutes of him getting in her face, like, being like, how the fuck do you know that? How the fuck do you know exactly. that? Exactly. Dude, if... If someone walked up to me and flat out in broad daylight in the presence of three strangers just vomited out a a very big skeleton in my closet, I would pull that woman aside and chew her new asshole and go, who the fuck are you? Where'd you come from? And tell you better tell me every bit of information you have on me right fucking now. And then you can, and then you can turn your ass around and you can go home. So apparently Jeff just has more cameras than a fucking Radio Shack. <laughs> Dude, th- uh, this guy is metaphorically armed to the teeth. He's got DV, HD, DVD, VHS, eight track, fucking bloody blah 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 blah. He's like, I got a, I got Beta Masters, and I got too many DV cameras, and everybody's gonna get a high eight camera. Here we go. It sounded like, remember the first um. The first, uh, in Sid- not Insidious. No, it is Insidious. When, like, the fu- when Specs and What's-Her-Face are going over their weird fucking gadgets, it sounded like that, but far less amusing. Here's the thing. I know all of the things he's talking about, all right? I- oh, I forgot about this angle. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know 
everything he's talking about because how do I say this without being a douchebag? Like it should be noted that Joe is a videographer and uh, the character in this movie is a video editor. And I want to know how this plays into Joe's viewing experience. Oh oh my goodness. I was fucking eye rolling and fucking forehead slapping because uh, I'm like, what, what are what are we trying to do? It's 1999. Why do we have a beta and master tapes? I I think all three of us in some way, have dabbled in video editing me probably the least but all three of us have but like even from like even from like a camera point of view like we're it's 1999 like we're on the cusp of like mini he even has mini dv cameras i don't know why he has the beta like i don't even know if he has a like does he even have a fucking player for that fucking thing like what are you talking about well i mean you know when we get to his fucking uh burned out civil war warehouse fucking apartment his his broom factory house yeah he has just a bunch of shit that fall off the back of a truck just like lining the place i guess so but you guys gotta understand like they they stopped making like regular beta players like in the early 80s when vhs beat out betamax but beta was also used for um broadcasts so like you can get like big ass beta machines like decks but they're fucking crazy expensive and like how this guy just happened to come across them i don't know like for you know off the back of a truck right yeah exactly it doesn't make sense because he has mini dv tapes that he could just you know what i mean it's all yeah i feel like it's almost like hey this camera looks cool let's put it in the movie right you can literally plug a fucking firewire into the fucking into the camera itself and just and just capture it to the computer like what are you talking about yeah and it seems like an overcorrection because like well the first movie had one or two cameras this one has every camera ever and nobody ever uses all of them (laughs) just the one yeah exactly while this is going on there's one big there's a there's a notable thing here where they get to this house the foundation and um uh, Jeff starts freaking out over a big fucking tree that's in the middle of this foundation that he swears was never there before. Um, uh, he said he's been there before. He's never seen the tree there. He says this tree is old. He says, you know, I've been here. I was here last year. This tree would have taken years to grow, blah, blah, blah. It's not important now. That's your first clue to get the fuck out of Dodge. Yes, yeah. it should. Also, I I thought it was interesting that because th- I didn't make the connection when I saw Blair Witch 3 that, like, Oh, yeah, the Blair Witch has absolute dominance over reality in the woods. Which is something that plays out in the first movie, I, I, I think, right? That's how they get lost. And it's it's funny because, like, it, of all the, of all three movies, I thought it would come up the at none at all in this one. But it kind of does. But it's, it's, it's just this. It's really just this. It's literally in a vacuum, this part, because there's no direct witch interference, per se, in this film? No, and it only comes up later in the film uh, for a very specific reason, not just because, not to really build the universe, but it's, it's a plot device, essentially. Oh, here's the thing. Like, this film tells you all about the Blair Witch, but isn't necessarily about the Blair Witch. No, because it's about the reaction to it. Yeah, it's well, it tells you all of this lore about it. Like, the, her, apparently her name was Ellie, and she was tied to a fucking tree, and she was eaten by dogs and then drowned or whatever. And, but... It, it, it never sh- and right before her head died she <laughs> said death is but a door time is but a window i'll be back she is ellie <laughs> and then jeff walked by and said everything you're doing is bad i want you to know this <laughs> jeff where the fuck are you from anyway <laughs> 
The Upper West Side. <laughs> well, he has this weird Boston accent the whole movie that I can't explain. Oh, my God. He's talking like this the whole fucking time. He's like Maya Quimby. Hey, K- hey, Kim, give me a cup of coffee. I need some coffee. Give me some caffeine. So we should also mention that uh, while the interrogation scenes have not come back up yet, interspersed between a lot of this is these jump cuts to people being mutilated. Oh, yeah. That, like, and yeah. It's, there's no context for them. No. It's kind of like, you know how Saul would use, like, very hyper-paced uh, jump cuts, but it's always contextual? These are not contextual. <laughs> they, they offer no. nothing until the end of the film. No, because it's like, it's like we gotta, we gotta help you along. Remember this shit that we showed you before? Okay. Yeah. The only other thing of note in this scene before we go to this fucking wacky campfire situation. Oh, fuck me. Oh, this isn't, this is important actually because it ties into what I was just talking about. When, uh, you know, like Joe was talking about with this witch Ellie, how, you know, apparently she was burned at the stake and all that. You know, randomly, I, I forgot what character had. It might be Erica or uh, Kim. They have a fucking like picture of the witch, and it's like missing the eyes in the drawing. No, it's Tristan. It's yeah, Tristan has a picture. Okay, we should should we say what like? Okay, so Stephen is writing a book. Yes. Okay, that's what it was on group hysteria and mass delusion. Not the titular book of shadows, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Tristan is kind of a, a researcher on Blair Witch stuff. I guess, or like that kind of thing, and they have oppose and they have opposing viewpoints on on each subject, basically. Right, he's writing the book of the movie that I which I was watching. Yeah, uh, he, okay. St- Stephen is probably the one character that anchors this movie back to the original concept. Mm-hmm. Because he's he's collecting all this data to see. You know, fact. It's like a fact or fiction episode in a book. Yeah. Which, by the way, when we get to the end of this and that whole thing, I will go over it. There is a real life incident that inspired this idea about group hysteria. It's a, a specific one that's interesting, but I'll save it for the end. I was looking for the name for group hallucination or group. There, it's. I have. It's. It's. Fr- it's a French word, and I forget. I think it's a French word. Question mark. Oh, I don't. I don't have that word, but I do have. I do have the phrase "shared delusion" is what he's t- talking about. Shared a lot. delusion as well. Yeah, but that's like a that's a real thing that happens. But go on. Yeah, exactly. So before we get to this big giant crazy campfire, they have um, a separate tour group appears with like almost. <laughs> I don't want to say mirroring images of people because, like, there's an Asian couple and, like, a European girl. There's a fucking... It's like the, the scene from fucking uh, Shaun of the Dead where, like, two opposing groups meet and they go, like, all right, see you later. And they're, like, they're kind of mirroring each other. No, no, no. I don't agree with that assessment at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this other group is, is, like, borderline racist. You oh, have, straight have, up. Oh, they're a bunch of caricatures. You have, you have these two camera guys that are, you know, arguing with uh, Jeff and fucking Steve, which, okay, I'll give you that. Those two are kind of similar, but the rest of them, you have two people from China, someone from fucking like Germany or Sweden or something. Germany. And it's just like, why is this in here? It's because it's like, yeah, you know, foreigners go on these weird tours haha <laughs> remember uh this is this is in here to serve um the the supposed twist at the end so yeah but the problem with this is like these chinese people are fucking oh, talk, 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 all over the place to not to offend anyone but at some point someone goes because basically the point of the scene is that they have a scuffle over this campsite because this is rustin parr's house it's important i'm just trying to iterate the fact that like these are racist characters of Chinese oh, yeah. people like, and so German some, people because she's yeah. like, oh, this house, it's very spooky. Um, um, <laughs> exactly. So I, that was Goldmember. Um, <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I love Blair Witch! They have a disagreement and Jeff, in order to get them away from this site, goes like, man, I mean, if you thought this place was crazy, you should go, you should go to Coffin Rock. And then the Chinese couple goes, oh yeah, Coffin Rock! Coffin Rock! I'm like, oh god. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> 
We go through Common Rock. What the fuck, man? You don't need it, man. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I get what they're going for, but it couldn't have just been some locals. Right, exactly. You you could have had a group come by, a bunch of nondescript people, and they said, hey, we're going to go to Coffin Rock since we can't camp here, and that's it. You're the Blair Witch Hunt. We're the Blair Witch Walk, man. And the, and the significance of Coffin Rock is this is where uh, uh, the, the heads of the seven children that Rustin Parr killed were were laid out in the shape of a of a pentagram. Well, they say. Well, then they change it later, and they're like, "There was a bunch of dead uh, 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 um, Civil War people in the 1800s, and they were arranged in a pentagram." That too, yes, yes. Who were also arranged in the shape of a pentagram. A pentagram. Also, also known as a pentagon, by the way. Yes. Let me also just say something real quick. When these people show up to this campsite. These motherfuckers, not not this opposing uh, party that we're talking about, but our main gaggle of fucks have already smoked about three joints and drank a whole bottle of fucking Jack Daniels. P.S. They're already fucking three goddamn sheets to the wind, and they're yelling at these people to get the fuck out of there because that's where they're camping for the night because this is the Blair Witch Hunt and not the Blair Witch Walk, so go fuck yourself. There's a lot of yelling in this movie. Everyone starts just, like, it does devolve to a lot of just, like, finger-pointing and screaming. Yeah, but the next fucking, I don't know, 20 minutes is just them getting fucked up oh this is this is brutal because it goes on forever it's another sequence where we get the entirety of a very aggressive topical rock song uh which name i don't recall but the lyrics are basically ecstasy alcohol cocaine blah 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 marijuana names of drugs yeah and they're just and they're just in the like they're not even on a blair witch hunt they're they they're these are 15 year olds who went out to the middle of the woods to get fucked up they are getting fucking shit hammered and just talking nonsense like jeff is talking about how video never lies and yeah. steve is ta- uh steve 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 is <laughs> talking about how uh his book about shared delusion and eric is going off about wiccans and kim is just nodding along to stuff and at some point she has a moment with like where the owls are not what they seem um yes and- oh my god you took that right out of me <laughs> i'm watching this and i'm like this is me when I took shrooms or like when I got really high at like a party. Oh, yeah. I was like, I remember they, when I did this 10 years ago. This is this is not them on marijuana and alcohol. Yeah, I remember when I did this when I was 16. These motherfuckers are like 35. Like what? And they're they're fucking wrecked. They're like, "Man, you don't even know anything because government and conspiracies Bermuda triangles and stuff." You need to do the mushrooms so God can flick you in your third eye. Man, you got to fucking love the woods cuz wicked shit, dude. By the way, Tristan is like pregnant and she's just downing beers. <laughs> Tristan's pregnant as fuck. We are right. We're just gonna cut to that chase. Okay. Well, all right. Well, okay. We can, okay. So she is pregnant, but that comes up in the following sequence of events. Yes. So keep going. they get they get very 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 shit hammered. Um. So they cut to them waking up, and there is what appears to be snow, but it's pieces of shredded up paper falling from the sky. It's yes. everywhere. There are people are sleeping in uncomfortable. They're waking up from an uncomfortable position. They look clearly hungover. And everything is trashed. Everything is fucking destroyed. Jeff wakes up and he's like, oh, man, they they trashed my cameras. And then Steve goes, Steve goes, this is my book. 
they came back in the middle of the night and they ripped us off, man. They ripped up my book and threw it all over the place, man. It, first of all, no human being would have the time or or commitment to shred this book in the teen... It looks like someone shoved it through a fucking industrial strength paper shredder. Also, it's still falling in its light out. And I'm just like, okay... When we find out, well, we'll get to we'll get to that later. But like, when we find out how it happened, I'm like, this this doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? It doesn't. It, it's it's nonsense because the, the the party responsible would have been had been doing that particular activity for like four hours and would have, and would have run out of saliva. Oh, <laughs> not only that, but like to have it still falling from the sky when they're waking up. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, like, like what? A fucking dust devil didn't form in the woods to just suck it all <laughs> into the air overnight. Like, it's, come on. Um, so they wake up and everything's trashed and everyone's fucking, you know, hung over and like, dude, dude, that, it, the only reason this could have happened was that opposing tour group came over, all five of them, overnight and caused all this destruction and we didn't move or wake up. Yeah, well, we just slept through it. Well, before they wake up, before they wake up, Tristan has a fucking nightmare where she basically takes uh, this bundle which is implied to be her baby and just drowns it in a river i thought she was going to take a shower in the fucking spring and i'm like what are you doing walking in there with all your clothes on because it's just like a towel yeah and there's no there's no soft transition to like make you know it's a dream it's just it's a slam cut to her in a river yeah and then and then they wake up so after they wake up they're kind of all going about whatever and then suddenly, Kim opens her book and says, page 32. The tapes! The tapes are still here! <laughs> oh, yeah, they're like, they took my camera, man! She's like, it's okay, the tapes are still here. Look under the rock. Look under the rocks where they found the first tapes for the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, have you ever seen the Blair Witch Project where they found the tapes? <laughs> they're in the same spot. Go over there and look. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, go look, I swear. And <laughs> she, he, like, moves this rock... And some wood. And he's like, there's nothing there, man. She's like, put your hand in the hole. And he puts his hand in the hole, and there's his fucking Betamax that he's going to watch on what? I don't know. He watches it on the, the, the most important character in the movie, which is monitors. Well, oh, yes, yes, yes. Tristan's like, I'm not, I don't feel good. And then she, uh, she, well, I mean, let's cut, she miscarriages right there. Yeah. Um, and then this is where this movie really takes a left turn, because, like, we're in the woods, she has a miscarriage, and then the next, we slam cut to the hospital, and we're running down the fucking hallway. This hospital, by the way, looks like it's from Silent Hill. What the fuck? Yes. Well, and well, it's very well uh, established that everybody here is a fucking redneck, and everything is from 1975. Yeah. Now, I, this is, a, now, more some more, more production trivia real quick. So, remember all, all this gore that we keep seeing, the stuff in between? Yeah. So that was a studio mandate, and I'll say why later on. But this sequence where the miscarriage happened, the studio saw this scene and said, "Oh my God, it's so bloody! Cut it out!" Really? I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty bloody. I mean, it's still in there. It's bloody, but like it's it serves a purpose. Like a miscarriage is not something you go, "Oops!" Like <laughs> does it serve a purpose though? Oh no, I mean the the idea of showing blood during a miscarriage oh, serves a purpose. Oh, yeah, well in a vacuum, yes. Yes. Yes, those right. two things are connected. Like you show a miscarriage by showing blood. Right. And like the studio was like, "Ew, ew, ooh, blood, menstrual blood. Ew." Here, stab this Asian guy in the face. There we go. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, bound these people to a tree and start cutting them into pieces and beat this dude with a rock. Cut this guy's dick off with a machete. 
great. Yeah, so it's just it's it's weird studio double talk where it's like you want one thing, but you also don't want the, the same thing. Like you you want right. violence, you don't want real you don't want real blood. Yeah, but I I feel like that's just like some fucking you know cigar chopping executive at 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 this studio just saying ah oh for sure. Why do you do it showing the vagina blood? Nobody wants to see this stuff. <laughs> that reminds me of a period, and that's gross. Ooh, uh, menstrual blood, women. Ill, ill. I don't like when my wife does that thing. That's disgusting. Where's the fucking axe in the face? Um. So yeah, she's a miscarriage, and we go to this. Ho- we slam cut to this fucking hospital. Hold the fucking phone. They're rolling down this fucking hospital hallway, and. They're all hypothesizing about, like, how she had this miscarriage. They're like, oh, she's got, she's so cold, she got hypothermia. No wonder she had a miscarriage. I'm like, motherfucker. Maybe it was the 14 beers she had? Yeah, maybe it was the bottle of Jack Daniels and the six blunts she smoked last night. Like, what? This woman's an alcoholic. Of course she's gonna have a fucking miscarriage. The the possible piles of cocaine or peyote they did. Yeah, they're fucking sucking down fucking LSD and cocaine and fucking Jack Daniels and fucking smoking reefer. Like, what? Of course. Yeah, so we we cut to Tristan in a hospital bed, and they're like, uh, you may have to stay here. And she's like, I want to leave. And the nurse who who's dressed like she's from World War I, um, uh, like, murmurs something and then, like, kind of opens a curtain next to Tristan. And we see a fucking ghost girl who uh, J- Jacob's ladder cuts backwards and then disappears. I want to say one thing about this because, A, this goes nowhere. B, th- I think they were trying to go for some Silent Hill shit here, but, like... They they do, like, the backwards walking thing, but, like, don't do it right? <laughs> yeah, and what, what's funny is that I don't think Silent Hill had taken off at this point, or had it. No, it did, not the movie. No. Was that supposed to be the, the, the dead baby, like, grown up, or was that a different character? I don't... This was... The ghost girl here is supposed to be the girl the Blair Witch supposedly drowned. Remember, that last name of Triacle? Oh, this is supposed yeah, you were to be, saying that earlier. This is supposed to be her. That's fucking stupid. This movie makes no effort to explain who this is. If I have to go do a dozen watches and play a stupid uh, in-movie video, like, fucking board game, essentially, and then use the internet to find this out, it's not effective. It doesn't serve a purpose, and it has and has no explanation and no no proper payoff. And, and and then we get another thing that I have a major problem with in this film, is that this woman literally has a miscarriage and is being diagnosed as having hypothermia, and within an hour, she's already back on her feet and fucking on her way. <laughs> oh, come on, Sean, haven't you heard the cure for hypothermia is just a blanket, that's it. Yeah. Are you warm? Good. Go home. Yeah, I, I'm sitting there thinking, I get it's a movie, but like, are you fucking kidding me? Because if this happened to my wife slash girlfriend, I would either A, not be leaving that hospital no matter how freaked out I was by the situation, or B, getting in a fucking taxi to the airport and going home. This is what the nurse said, and this also bothered me because it ties into what you're just saying right now. Um, this nurse is like, oh, you lost so much blood and your temperature's low. Okay, why isn't she hooked up to IV fluids? I don't know. Why, this woman right. lost a fuck ton of blood, and she's just laying in a fucking bed with nothing around her. No no, uh, no life support machines, no EKGs, no fluids, nothing. Sorry, I work at a hospital, everybody. It bugged me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, they seemingly put a band-aid on her vagina and then a, put a blanket on her and said, oh, you'll, you'll feel better in the morning. Bye. Yeah, take this, Andrew a tampon. Like, you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> It happens to all of us when we get that to that age. There, there's a sh- startling lack of... of of uh, seriousness when it comes to this like horrific thing that can yeah. happen. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, and especially on the husband's part, like he's just yeah. like, oh, oh f- fuck, f- you killed, you killed, fuck this dude, you killed my baby or whatever. Ah, uh, shit. 
Well, and the thing is, like, even if she didn't want the baby, I don't think she wants to miscarriage it. No, Jesus Christ, that's horrible. That's like a, that's like a, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, and this is the beginning of, like, a really weird transition into, like, what feels like a different film, because Tristan becomes just a new character after this. There's no hard, tra- there's not even a soft transition into her becoming this kind of weird, manic um, uh, cryptic weirdo the rest of the movie. It just gets progressively worse. Like, her her character changes on a fucking dime. You know what, Connor, though? I could almost buy into that because of what we just talked about with her miscarrying. Oh, I, I could, but the problem is, like, it's not, she doesn't just have, she doesn't have a psychological unraveling. Like, there appears to be something supernatural happening, but we're not told what that is. Right, and I, I think that's what the director's going for. It just, it doesn't work for me at all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more missing information. Um, so then, instead of going home or going to a hotel or anything jeff's like let's go to my house in the middle of the fucking woods yeah like not only in the middle of the woods but like in the middle of the blair witch woods yeah his house is an abandoned broom factory that was going to be demolished that he quote convinced someone to sell him sell it to him for one dollar was that just because they felt bad for him after he was at the mental institution like i don't get that honestly if if this was a small town and and someone was like well i mean it's an opportunity to lock that kid up somewhere where he fucking can't bother anybody right go ahead my problem is where the fuck is he getting all this shit from like oh i have no idea where's he stealing all these things from and also how does he, what is this fucking surveillance system he has going on? And his fucking doorbell with the dogs barking or some shit? Oh, God. He's got this high-tech surveillance system that's hooked up to his house that's, that's motion sensors. When the door opens, it goes off. Also, when he opens the door, um, it's a recording of dogs barking, basically to keep people away or whatever the fuck. Um, also, the there's a bridge that leads over a small gorge into his into his house that is the most rickety fucking unsafe thing I have ever laid eyes on. It is a disaster waiting to happen. So right before this, again, we have this weird, these weird fucking interjected fucking interrogation scenes, and this is like the first one of them. And they have Jeff in the fucking room, and fucking cowboy Dan, what's his name, Ronald, Ronald fucking Cravens comes up, and he's like, Ah, goddamn it, boy, I say. I, I know that you got the fucking blood in the van and that belonged to the campers or whatever. Oh, okay. So that and that, that's actually one of the first lines of the film. The first interrogation scene, they say, we found blood in the van. Yeah. And then they cut off. And in this sequence, they pick that up. It says, we found blood in the van. And then Jeff's reaction is like... Here's the major problem with this, besides the fact that this like inner cutting just doesn't work from an editing standpoint. But like, are they trying to trick the viewer into thinking that it's like the blood from Erica's... Uh, or the blood from Tristan's miscarriage? Yes. That's stupid. Supposedly. Because he, cause he even says it. He's like, well, Tristan had a miscarriage. We brought her in the van and whatever. <laughs> and the fucking Cravens is like, I bet my goddamn pension on it that this is the fucking... I, I say, I say, I bet my pension on the fact that you killed that damn goddamn girl. You killed all them goddamn Asians in the woods, didn't you? And the one German lady. I knew it. Um, so that's there, and the, the, these interrogation sequences do pop up frequently, but they're utterly useless until the end of the film. Um, so they go inside, and like Jeff kind of disperses everybody, and then this movie just just becomes a different film. It takes a it takes a literal shit. It was a spooky woods movie, and now this movie is about a man who huddles over a monitor for an hour. And people just make observations while oogie boogie things happen in the background. You want to see my fucking store, my eBay store, eBay TM? Yeah, here's my bag of dirt in a plastic bag. 
Yeah, here's my here's my Blair Witch rock and my dirt that I took from a fucking supposed haunted site. Um, and Erica's like, and that's basically the extent of her dialogue, pretty much. And you know what? I was I kind of agree with her. You know, not that I was getting that into this movie, but I was like, yeah, fuck this guy. Oh, it is it is it is disgustingly exploitative, and it doesn't paint like what is supposed to be as like the central character as anything more than like a con man who is who doesn't probably doesn't believe in this shit and is just looking to make a buck off of it. Oh, for sure. My biggest problem with this part of the film and then going forward is the fact that why the fuck are these people staying in his shit shack? Oh, there's no there's no incentive for them to stay there. Why? The, apparently they were all there to take the Blair Witch tour. Why aren't we going to stay in a hotel in Burkittsville? Or going home? Like, why isn't, like, Kim of all people should be like, I'm gonna call a cab and go home. Alright, bye. Kim of all people? Why the fuck is interested in fucking Kevin going home? Yeah, like, them, they, they, they have no reason to be, like, you could say, like, instead of paying for a hotel room, you can crash at my place and just sleep and rest and do whatever. I'll feed you, I'll do whatever, I'll keep you up. Like, that I can buy. Not after you have a miscarriage. Well, yeah, well the way this movie handles the miscarriage, it's a stub toe. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I get the, I get Erica, like, hey, man, I'm gonna fucking smoke some weed on your couch and eat fried chicken out of your fucking fridge or whatever. But, like, this makes no sense. Why are the, why are these fucking people going to this dirtbag's house? I don't get it. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, so, at this point in the film, it just because, like, this movie gets really fucking busy, but also not busy. Because from here on out until the end, it's like an incident a minute as far as, like, fake outs, jump scares, hallucinations, stuff flying through fucking windows, people seeing things that aren't there. And none of it ever sticks. First of all, none of it sticks around long enough to have an effect. And none of it ever properly sticks because it it's, it's contextless. Yeah, there's honestly, like, I could count on one hand important scenes, and maybe we'll just rapid fire through this section as much as we can. <laughs> yeah, just to wrap it the fuck up, because who could give a shit? We can, because it because it only, because it because it's just a bunch of stuff that leads to, like, when one character leaves, and that's kind of important for a bit, but when she comes back, like, we just start rolling into the yeah, fucking climax, yeah. which is also littered with a bunch of jump scares. Because there's a lot of this this weird shit with the video footage, where it's like, oh, uh... Yeah, I, 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 and, like, I'm not... I wasn't kidding when I said this movie is an hour left of a guy staring at monitors. That's all Jeff does the right. rest of the film, is stare at a monitor and say, like, okay, there's one observation... As he's going through it at some point during these scenes, he notices that at some point it's 1.37 a.m. in the footage, and then it jump cuts because they see something weird in the footage. It's like uh, there's a jump cut of an image they're not familiar with, and it cuts. It jumps to 4.37 a.m. and then back to 1.37. So they have three missing hours. They don't know what happened there. <laughs> foreshadowing. Well, it's not even foreshadowing because within five minutes of the movie, they, they someone's like, oh, can you blow that up? I, I think I could see a face. And they're like, okay. Five minutes go by. And he's like, I can. Enhance. 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 Okay. Wait, wait. Mother motherfucker. Alright. He's like, let me digitally I can digitally enhance the footage and blow it up. We are talking about magnetic tape. Okay? We're talking about a beta or or a DV, what whatever. Either of those are, are man magnetic tape based, okay? Can I can I ask a question regarding this? Just tell me if I'm wrong. Sure. Would enhancing of this picture be almost impossible, but would blowing it up be? But if you blew it up, would it not be, like, horrendously pixelated and hard to make out? It's literally impossible to blow this footage up to get a clearer image. Okay. 
So what you see is what you have with this. Like, you couldn't even right. zoom in. Like, even if you could zoom in, it would look like shit. Yeah, it would look like fucking nothing. <laughs> but here's the thing. If it was film, you could. Because you have a negative okay. that you can scan in at a super high resolution. Okay? Okay. So how, you know, so how you'd restore an old film like Star Wars, is what you're saying. Right. And that and that's telesign. So what happens is is they when, they when they restore old films like that, they run it through essentially this big scanner that scans the whole film at um at a really high uh uh um resolution because it's a negative um and you're able to do it that way but when you have magnetic tape like a VHS or a Beto or or a mini DV tape that's not the way that works um it's a completely different medium and signal altogether uh the way it's processed and the way that the images are displayed and no, the answer is fucking no. You can't, you can't okay. fucking blow it up and be like, yeah, I'm gonna digitally enhance this so we can make out who the fucks in the footage. I, I have more questions about the techno babble later in this movie when something preposterous happens. But um, so I guess the importance of this scene is that well, there's two important things because they also notice that oh shit, that huge tree isn't in any of the tapes. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a dainty little like twig. Sapling, sapling yeah. basically. It's a, tw- it's a, yeah, it's a tiny little thing that's barely grown. Right, and the second is when they get that blown up footage. Oh shit! It's Erica naked dancing, pole dancing, essentially. Yeah, and they all have they all have like fucking poison ivy that looks like occult symbols. Yeah, yeah. They start to get like all of them start to develop this rash. One of them's got the fucking mark of thorn on them. Yeah, <laughs> but but like I, I've probably said this a few times in this episode so far but like here's my question why didn't like once one of them saw that on their body and then saw it on another one why didn't they all just like do a police lineup and just like check each other and be like oh fuck we all have this yeah well they 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 do do that but not really because they're like oh we all got it except what's her face well not until like the last fucking 10 minutes i know and it's fucking dumb yeah there's a startling lack amount of like urgency and uh and like sense of emergency when it comes to all this stuff like everyone's kind of like huh that's weird better keep it to myself better smoke a joint and forget what i'm doing yeah and you have these weird ass fucking scenes where where steve and and tristan are in bed but steve's dreaming but not dreaming about erica coming up there and like they start fucking oh this was so bizarre and then she slashes his chest with her like her fingernails and like cuts him open basically yeah like it's freddy krueger in part two yeah but then they wake up and they're both on opposite ends of this table and they both look like they just had the same nightmare it's just a hallucination again but it never goes anywhere nope it's just a lot of again like it's a lot of red herring bullshit well it mm... It does go somewhere, and we'll get there soon. But it's a stupid way to get there. Um, so they have this this kind of this shared nightmare. Um, and after like a few more, essentially like just more jump scares and fake outs. Um, I believe it, there's a second vision of this ghost girl, but I don't remember where the fuck it happens. Kim goes back to the fucking what do you call to the store? She yeah, she wants to leave the house. She needs some air, so she takes Jeff's van and goes to the store. Um, I think on the way out, she sees the ghost girl because it's, it happens before she leaves. No, actually Tristan sees her even way before that. Okay. All right. That's right. Okay. We, yeah, we glossed over it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to place where these things happen because there's so fucking many of them. Because they're not important they don't go anywhere. So I just don't care. They're not important. They're quick. 
They come and go, and that's it. Even the characters are like, what are you talking about? That's stupid. Because she comes out, she's like, I saw the girl in my dreams, the backwards girl. Uh, and then fucking... And then, like, later, uh, fucking Kim goes out to the to the uh, store again that they were at, and Gary Oldman's still fixing that fucking fridge. And then he's like, uh, oh, I'm finished now. And she's like, great, give me... Yeah, which is... which. Yeah, which is the line he... It's the, I've already explained this. It's the line he said after he killed the children. She's like, great, give me my wicked ale. And she goes up to the fucking front, and then she has this great confrontation with this Peggy woman. This is kind of cool. Like, I like this scene because it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, a fucking yokel who, like, doesn't understand the way she's dressed, and she's, like, thinks she's, like, fucking subhuman, you know? Who, yeah, who refuses to serve her, and, like, at some point, like, the other, like, a customer, like, crashes a, a cart into yeah. her or some shit like that, and everyone's... Full of toilet paper. Everyone's treating this woman like she's a pariah. Now, Connor, maybe you can answer this for me. That customer is literally in the store when they go earlier with the same cart pushing it around. So are they all ghosts? Like... Everyone is still in the store when she goes back. I, I don't... See, again, this movie doesn't... Peggy is not. The woman at the register yeah, is not. Well, yeah. Um, for reasons that we'll go into. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but, like, the the customer, the kids, and uh, the, the only one I can confirm is the dude working the soda machine. Now, this, all, this whole sequence also is littered with weird Easter eggs. When Kim goes up to the counter, there are pencils on the table shaped like a stick man. Huh. Um, Rustin Parr is obviously working the soda machine, and when Kim leaves, after she has this confrontation with Peggy, which we'll elaborate in a second, there are uh, uh, garden tools that are propped up against the wall. Did you all notice them? No. Yeah, they're all bloody. They're bloody for no reason. Because when she first walks in the store, there's like these teenagers harassing her. Yeah. And they're gone, and there's there's the shovels there. Yes, and the, there's no yeah, and they she come back, and all the shovels and rakes and whatever are bloody, but it's never elaborated. Oh, though. I didn't catch that. Yeah, before she leaves, Peggy refuses to serve Kim, so Kim reaches across, grabs her by the throat, and says, you know, if what is it? If you if you touch me again, I'll fucking kill you or something like that. Yeah, because Peggy basically is this this little this this wench behind the counter is being very confrontational and deliberately combative with some girl who she disagrees with how she dresses. Um, Kim throws the money at her, bags her own shit. Right, she won't, she won't ring her up, basically. Yeah, bags her own shit. Um, it's also known that Peggy is filing her nails. Yeah. Um, so, Kim leaves, she drives back home, at home, Jeff's home. <laughs> she, she drives back to the shit house because, like, what the fuck? She dri- If she drove home, this movie would end yeah. a lot faster. She should have just went home. As she's driving back, these fucking asshole kids start throwing rocks at her and stuff. Right through the fucking back of the window on the van. And she, like, hits the brakes, and then the fucking newsies show up in front of the van, and she she's like, oh, no! Yeah, the seven ghost kids show up, and she swerves to miss, and she runs into a fucking telephone pole. It's utterly consequenceless until, like, a few minutes from now. Because she just goes back. Like, she's like, well, that was weird. Better go back to Jeff's house with this beer. Yeah, I'm gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna go back to Jeff's house with the beer. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, I busted up your friend a little bit. He's like, all right, did you make me call for your what? And then she, like, sees, she, like, has another, like, uh, fucking Flash, and he's, like, in an electric chair. Yeah. That is supposed to be Rustin Parr's execution. What? I know. See? It's, it's, <laughs> there's no end. <laughs> so is he supposed to be, like, the reincarnation of this guy? No, it's just, it's supposed to be just the woods fucking with them or something like that. Like, they took, like, there's people saying in this movie, we took something back with us, and that's, like, during all this, Erica's having a freak out. Like, we, we dabbled in what shouldn't be dabbled, blah, 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 blah. Right, and this is where she has, like, her, her chant to Persephone. This is the most convoluted bullshit. Shit. Oh, I know, and it's it's all dependent. It's like, 
it is kind of like if you made a movie about, I don't know, like, I don't know, a, a very mainline comic book character and then decided to just force in, like, some really fucking deep, obscure 60-year-old comic book lore that just no one would have any attached to attachment to whatsoever, or making, like, cheeky references to stuff that general audiences just wouldn't understand. Like, the amount of work I had to do to get all this information about who the fuck these people are is staggering. It's ridiculous. That is the worst marketing scheme ever! <laughs> I know! <laughs> Um, so she, and then, and Jeff's like, coffee, and she's like, it's right there. Now, while all this is happening, Tristan's just getting weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder, and just keeps saying things without context that are just like, spooky. Here's the real kicker. Cut to outside and the fucking sun comes up. <laughs> why aren't we doing this whole film in a night? I don't know, because there's no reason why they just stay there. Because we need to make it a two-day film. The sun comes up, and they, they go to leave, and Erica goes missing. Erica goes missing, and then they look out the fucking window, and the van is totaled. It completely totaled. Yeah, it's completely trashed. And Jeff's like, I thought you trashed my front end, you dented it. He's like, I thought you bent my bumper, but you broke the whole thing. How'd you even drive it here? She's like, no, I didn't. You destroyed my car. You just wrecked my van. They discover that, and um, there's also this like quick scene before the sun comes up, just because like, it's important later, where uh, Kim goes to reach into where the beer is, and she finds, like, she cuts herself on that nail filer that somehow ended up in her bag. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, you know, they're looking for Erica in the morning, and they, they go to, like, where she had this, like, ritual circle set up where she was praying the night before, and just, like, all of her clothes are there? I have a nitpick with this, because... A, a nitpick? Okay. <laughs> if you have if you want to demonstrate that she disappeared and, like, her clothes are there as, like, evidence of, like, she's gone, like, this is weird, okay, her clothes are laid out in a manner that makes it look like she shrunk. Exactly. Like, her socks are tucked into her shoes, and then her pants are tucked into her socks, and this is all... Con- it's like a body. It's like, who? why would you do this? It's like Lawnmower Man when fucking Job goes into the VR machine at the end. Yeah, it's like she, it's it's like fucking Phantom Planet when someone gets shrinked down to a little itty-bitty person, their spacesuit's all still normal size. It's so bizarre. Fred Savage came in and fucking shot her with a flashlight. Uh, she was eating Doritos, I think. And now this movie starts to make its fucking sprint towards the very strange climax. <laughs> You're you are telling me they they call her supposed parents because she she says early in the oh film, my oh, god this is so fucking stupid she says early in the movie that her parents you know her father's a minister and they're all you know religious and they don't they don't like that she's a Wiccan so she ran away from home so okay sure fine they call this supposed minister and oh uh, oops they don't have a daughter yeah she because they disowned her or whatever yeah she lied to us and 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 this also goes nowhere you don't even know if they disowned her they just said they never she that the, the minister never had a child or the pastor never had a daughter and they're like this bitch lied to us and that's the last time we'll bring it up this is a prank you bitches did this she whatever and then that's it yeah um, and they don't really make a concerted effort to search for Erica for a little while. He's just like, Steve's just like, yeah, maybe we're just collectively hallucinating or whatever. And Jeff's like, what are you, a fucking asshole? And Steve's like, oh, you're an idiot. Uh, you can't even get into college. And then Jeff says some shit like, oh, how'd you get into your college? Would you brush your teeth? And I'm like, who the fuck wrote this movie? No, his Aunt Becky paid for him to get in. <laughs> It's a it's an it's a verbal exchange between two fucking boneheads. Like St- like Steve is a fucking uh, is a, a Manila folder. Like he says no personality, and Jeff is just like a fucking douchebag. Like it's just two it's two unlikable people having a like a witless verbal debate. <sighs> and then the fucking phone rings, 
and f- Jeff picks up, <laughs> and then fucking <laughs> Sheriff Craven's like, "Hey, boy, you homo. Hey, turn on the television. Turn on your goddamn television to Channel Eleven News or whatever." And he's like, "What, what are you talking about, Craven? Whatever." He's like, "He's like, turn it on." And he fucking he's like, "He's like, all right, hold on." And he turns on the fucking news, and this woman is like. Hi, I'm live at fucking Castle Rock, and and people are dead here, and um, the police have found blood in somebody's van that matches the victims, and um, yeah, they're the you, yeah, yeah, the, the people that you're watching are accused. Are accused of basically? Oh yeah, so it's 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 a, it's stated in this phone call that the opposite tour group has been found gutted on Coffin right. Rock. Basically, is the relevance of this, and like the sheriff is like, I know you did this, son. He's in the background of the. Line live video waving at the camera and you see you see me boy i'm right here he's like and he's talking to jeff on the phone as he's doing this he's like are you see me motherfucker he's like he's like all your motherfuckers better stay there because you're all fucking my number one suspects for this killing i've done no investigative work whatsoever but you are my steve avery for this And Jeff's like, Jeff's like, oh, you've been after my ball since I was 10. Which we also have, we have no background on that whatsoever. No, they just keep talking about that for whatever the, reason. These two characters have some sort of antagonistic relationship that were never shown. Like, this is it. This is the extent of it. Maybe that baby that was stolen, maybe it was one of his kids. <laughs> I think he'd be, I think he'd be a little more I mad. think Jeff would be dead <laughs> if that was the case. Like, I think so. This, this sheriff seems very unhinged. That's mob justice up on that yeah, piece. Um... So, like, Jeff has this weird intense moment where he's like, I don't know anything about any of you, but nobody leaves this house unless I say so. And a rational person would have been like, get fucked and leave. (laughs) And then to break up the tension, a fucking owl flies through the window. Sure does. They're not what they seem. They're not. And then they fucking smoke a joint like nothing happened. Yeah, that style of gum you come back. What is it? That gum you like is going to come back in style? (laughs) They spend all their daylight... Just fucking hanging out in this warehouse. They don't try to, like... Yeah, just just waiting for, like, the cops to show up. And they don't. No. Um, not yet, anyway. But at some or point... Or to call a cab or, or get, you know, someone yeah, out there to pick them up. Something. Anything. And again, Tristan just, just keeps acting weird and keeps acting weird. So the owl crashes through the window. And uh, basically, there, there's a couple times where some visions happen, essentially, I'll call them. And Jeff, Jeff sees Kim essentially eating this owl, which is really eating a chicken wing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then they see uh, they see Erica once it gets dark out again, because like I said, they're just fucking around all day, I guess. Tristan's looking outside. She's like, there's Erica. And they look out the window, and they're like, we don't see her. And then Tristan goes, no, look. You got to look real hard over there. She's there. And then Steve goes, Oh my god, it is Erica! And then runs outside like at top speed because she's naked as fuck. He's like, "Oh my god, remember that hallucination I had before? I need to get my dick wet. Get get out of my way, wife who killed my child." <laughs> um, so he goes outside and like Erica is on the bridge and like she's doesn't seem like an apparition. She seems very real, but she's naked, of course, for some reason. Um, and she says, "What is?" He? He's like, "Come back inside, Erica." She's like, "You know who it is, and you know what you have to do." Blah blah blah. And then kind of just fucks off into the woods like Ash's girlfriend from Evil Dead 2. Yeah, she just goes, ha, and disappears. <laughs> <laughs> Pirouettes off into the distance, yeah. And then the fucking bridge breaks, 
and uh, he's like, hang- and Steve is like hanging from the fucking threshold of the door, and Tristan just looks down at him, and she's just like, eh, and walks away. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah, and like no one's no one's questioning Tristan's behavior yet. Like everyone's kind of like, eh, that was strange. Anyway, back to the footage. And while he's hanging there, he sees that drowned girl again, basically come in from where Erica just stepped away. Yeah. So this is Ghost Girl Part Three. Um, and then I can't remember who saves him. What is it, Jeff? Yeah, Je- Jeff and Kim basically run up. They look at Tristan like, what the fuck? Why didn't you save him? And they pull him up. Yeah, so then fucking Kim is like, Tristan's acting weird. Uh, you, you, wait, you, Do you know the name of the doctor that took care of her? And he's like, and then Jeff's like, no, but you can call the hospital. I got a phone book in the drawer. She's like, okay. She goes over, she opens it up, takes the phone book out, and then there's like a Polaroid of her. I thought it was just like in the drawer, but then she like grabs it and it's like folders on all of them like right like police dossiers or like something. full dossiers yeah. yeah it's like full dossiers like background checks of all of the characters it's just like why do you have these because mind you just in case the listeners at home don't know all these motherfuckers don't know each other everybody's a stranger and crashing at fucking creepy Jeff's house. Which which makes them staying there even stranger because they have no intimate relationship with this character. Exactly. Um, and then, like, they, it's these weird accusations of, like, you're spying on us, blah, blah, and this goes fucking nowhere. Nope. You don't figure out how the folders got there. Nope. You don't know who was responsible for this. Nope. And you don't know if Jeff actually put them there. Nope. They're just there. It's fucking dumb. Uh, and then you get the scene where, as this is going down, you know, the cops show up finally. And, uh, you know, Jeff's going to the door... And he he's he he opens it, you know, hesitantly. And well, he hears yeah, he hears the sheriff banging on the door. Right, right. Yeah, he says he's he's claiming he's there. And uh, so he finally he opens it, kind of like, you know, breathes in. You know, he's gonna accept his punishment or what have you. And he opens the door, and it's just like literal German shepherds like barking at him, which <laughs> in a better film might have actually been scary. Um, it could have worked. Like, okay, so the whole thing is like when you open the door, the speaker goes off and it's like dogs barking, but this time when he opens it, there's actual dogs outside. But uh, by the way, on a bridge that collapsed. Yeah. So how? So I don't know. And then he like goes and like pulls out a shotgun and like goes outside and oops, the dogs disappeared. And the bridge is fixed. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, it is. But yeah, 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 he comes in with the shotgun and Steve is just like, whoa, what the fuck? Put that down him and kim and that's when he goes to put it back in the uh the, the closet and there's erica just standing in there dead so they discover erica's corpse and they kind of have this weird confrontation with jeff and I, th- I believe this is where tristan comes in and starts doing the backwards nonsense yeah because she sees the little girl walking backwards and she's like i got it the ghost is walking backwards so we gotta play everything backwards so she says in the sequence backwards now she says the children will walk again free. Will will again walk free. This has no meaning unless you have done this stupid gigantic game this movie has for you. The full message is seek me no further or the children will walk again free, which is like some weird saying about how the Blair Witch is going to come out and start and, and or she's going to like let the ghost children out or some shit like that. I don't know the full context. With that said, then they totally misread that whole communication because <laughs> they could have just stopped and they might have made it out of here okay. Yes. And earlier in the movie, when I said that the tombstone changed, I believe I said it said seek. That's because throughout the rest of the film, the words me, no, or no, it's uh, seek me no further are spread out throughout the movie on doors, windows, in the grass, everything. But it never fucking goes there. No, it never matters either. We're never actually talking about 
the Blair Witch or any spooky shit. It's just these fucking morons running around talking about nonsense, literal nonsense. It's 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 spooky bibble babble because this movie is not fully realized. No, I should also note that throughout throughout this movie. Um, there are other little instances of hidden shit. Like, during one of the interrogation sequences, I'm not sure if you guys picked this up, as the sheriff is walking across, his reflection transforms into a ghoul. No one knows why. No, I didn't see that. Yep, it happens. Don't give a shit either. Because you, there's, cause you have no reason to look for it. And if you do see it, you go, what the fuck was that about, and why is it there, and is this gonna come back later? Nope, sure doesn't. Maybe it's in the fucking, maybe it's in the website video game, the Flash video game that I have to play. Oh, dear God. <laughs> On new grounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tom, even Tom Fulp wouldn't allow that shit on his website. <laughs> <laughs> they get the videotapes, and they're playing it backwards, and Jeff's just like, nothing changed, it's the same. And then she's like, well, what if you put a different command in? And I'm like... What if you, play, what if you put the keystrokes in backwards? Yeah, but like... What the fuck does that mean? Not control C, control Y. Well, okay, here's, and here's my problem with this. Outside of the obvious, like, are you telling me now that this witch has decided to start tormenting people through the power of a video editing interface like is, is she that bored she's gonna go this roundabout way to fuck with somebody there's no backwards way to hit spacebar <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> to hit fucking play <laughs> you, hold, you hold it and let go there yeah <laughs> right you shift to spacebar alt spacebar command spacebar right this isn't paul is dead or anything like that you hold the computer upside down and press space <laughs> You you, t- you you type out space backwards E C A P S. You have to flip the keyboard over and then hit it. Yeah, this so this explanation's fucking poppycock and like so they just showed Jeff push a bunch of buttons and then we get like we get the this movie's Event Horizon Liberace May. <laughs> Sam Sam Neal's there. It just shows these assholes who got drunk and, and whatever. It shows what really happened, which is so fucking confusing and nonsensical because I don't know what is supposed to be happening here. Okay, so, okay, here we go. We see everyone getting shit hammered, fucking each other, licking asses and fucking sucking dicks and whatever. And then, like, Tristan is in a black cloak commanding every... Now, everybody else is bare-ass naked, Drinking and smoking and fucking rubbing skulls on their private parts and things. Where, 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 where did they get these skulls? I don't know. <laughs> she, Tristan is in all black and she's like commanding the rest of the group to like do shit. And they're like smashing cameras even though they're filming themselves. And then she's like got a black bag and she's like handing out machetes and knives to these people. And then, then there's like a point where she's like, go, go, go kill the people's. And then there's footage of them killing the people. And then there's footage of Tristan hiding the tapes from (laughs) the cameras that she's using to film herself. Right? Okay, you with me? You with me here? Mm Mm-hmm. And then the last tape or the last piece of footage is Tristan looking into a camera and smiling and then smashing the, the, the camera. So can somebody please explain to me how the fuck she managed to hide all of the tapes in this cubby hole? How does it... How- how does how does this footage exist? I, yeah, what are you? What there's a there's an added layer of stupidity on this. Okay, hit me with it. This this blackout footage, as I like to refer to it, 
is supposedly in between like 123 and 124. So Oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> how the fuck did they film this this entire sequence, destroy the cameras, put the tapes in the under the stones and then it goes right back to 124? <laughs> I don't know. I get they're going for some like witch fuckery, but it just it doesn't land at all. No. Okay, but how did this happen to Tristan? Why and when? Because are we implying that the witch got to Tristan, caused the miscarriage, and slowly took... But this all happens before that. I guess? There, there are beats in this movie, and I'm kind of jumping a little ahead here just to make a point. But, like, there are beats in this movie that are done way better in other horror movies. And and that, I think, is the biggest thing about this movie that annoys me. Because we're pulling all these different tropes. Yeah. And we're not following through with any of them. <laughs> no, and we're not giving any information about them either. No. We're just presenting them, and the audience is going, okay, but Question why? Mark? And the movie goes, too late, moving on. I don't know. Here we go. Some other shit. I don't know. You fucking, you fucking figure it out. Bye. <laughs> go play the fucking video game. Then we get this weird scene after they see the footage, and they're like freaking out, like arguing with each other whether it's real or not. And then it, it turns into... And we didn't do that, and it's you, and you, and now Tristan's the witch. I guess, even though they thought it was Kim. Possessed. Or they thought it was... First they thought it was Kim, then they thought it was Erica, now they, then they thought it was Kim, now they think it's Tristan. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because they're like, that's you on the tape, and you... Why did you make us do that? And then she's, like, saying all this crazy shit, like, this whole series of events goes down completely different, like, later... As with a lot of things in this film. Spoilers. Yeah, but, like, this whole thing boils down to, like, like Tristan is taunting everyone. And she's, like, like at some point, Jeff is, like, you're the witch. And she's, like, is that what you think? And I'm, like, that's what I kind of think, but you're not really giving me much here. Yeah. Tristan just progressively goes more mad as the sequence goes on and just starts just babbling about whatever the fuck. And sh- the acting is terrible. It is bad. It is fucking, like, cringe bad. And she's, like... Like, at one point, she, like, scoffs, and I can't even explain it. She, like, scoffs and, like, cocks her head and does this weird thing and says some stupid shit like, oh, you're a real fucking pussy or whatever. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? Oh, yeah, she says that to Steve, because, like, she's, I think she accuses him of something, or, like, she, she, I think she implies, like, oh, you knew I want to get rid of this baby, and he says nothing or something like that, and she's like, you're a fucking pussy. I'm like, what? What, what is this like, doing? Nothing. Yeah. And there's, like, the scaffolding that kind of goes up, like, a floor that they end up on. And uh, they're arguing. Friend that has a pre-made noose. Yeah. <laughs> she fucking wraps this shit around her neck, and she's like, I killed the baby on purpose. You can't kill me. You're all gonna die. And then, is okay, does does she jump, or does someone push her? Steve pushes her. That's that's kind of the whole crux. Okay, yeah. Okay, so Steven pushes her. She falls, and this, this noose breaks her neck. Okay, so 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 she basically gets pushed and, you know, she gets hung. And they're freaking out, oh shit, that was an accident, this, that, and the other thing. Well, you know, you go from this immediately to the police station. And you get the... You get- hold, hold on. All the while, Jeff is just finds a handy cam. Filming. And he's yeah, like filming, filming all of these events that are happening that we just described. Right, cuz he's like, "Oh, you're not going to pin this on us. You're going to admit it." Right, you're going to admit you were you're the witch. <laughs> and and uh yeah. Tell tell the police officers you're the evil witch lady. Tell the police officers on film now that you're the witch. By the way, 
it should be noted if we didn't properly express this being this view. This movie exists in a universe where the Blair Witch Project is just a movie. Yes. So why are witch accusations being thrown out? If the Blair Witch is a movie which only Jeff believes in, then, like, this, what is this supernatural poppycock you got going on? Because... Exactly. Well, let's, let's, let's cover that at the end. Well, <laughs> yeah, so, so they get arrested for real this time, and then you get the line of the movie. I wrote it down. You know, you have this reporter, the same one from the beginning and a couple other scenes. She goes, violent art inspired real life violence oh i remember this line because she said she's like once again unfortunately violent media has inspired real life violence i'm like what do you mean once again what are you trying to say movie yeah what are you trying to say like all video games inspire violence and violent movies inspire real violence and it's like no fucker people kill people because they're crazy right you know what i mean not because not because they're influenced by some type of media oh, yeah. archetype or a witch or a witch or a made up witch the guy that played steve finally decided to start acting and he gets really into this fucking scene oh and he he, he has a full on breakdown in the police station so so basically steve's going on about you know oh oh jeff jeff recorded it all check the tapes check the goddamn tapes and it's, there's a big kind of it's spread out between kim jeff and steve and they're all saying check the tapes you know, ch- check whatever tape we have. Yeah, they're all being interrogated, and they're trying to get this. The, the, they're trying to get these people to confess, and then all they keep saying is like, "Oh, that, that's not me. I didn't do that. I do check the tapes." So then we get this whole fucking full montage of the cops playing all the tapes for everybody, which they don't have to do reverse keystrokes on. <laughs> they just work. No, it, yeah, just, this is just regular. No, tr- no trickery here. No trickery here. So just hit play. All this footage. All this footage that is shown flies in the face of what we've seen and what the characters perceived as reality. And it's basically, it's 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 a bunch of stuff, but it includes Jeff killing Eric, Erica, and hiding her body. Yep. Naked as fuck. Uh, it includes Kim Kim stabbing Peggy to death at the, at the grocery store. In the throat with a nail file. And, and pocket the nail file, which she finds early in the movie, which we forgot to mention. She finds it in her bag full of beer and wonders why it's there. Mm-hmm. Um... And ultimately boils down to Steve watching this. him and uh, Kim and Jeff all collectively taunt Tristan and basically bully her up the staircase into the scaffolding, put the noose around her neck, and push her off aggressively as opposed to defensively or, you know, out of, out of terror. Yeah, and then he, like, turns to the camera and he's like, fucking witch is dead or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's one dead witch. Yeah, and he's like, that's not me! Ah! And then we fucking yeah. hard cut to the woods. <laughs> like, to this fucking, to the soaring shot of the fucking woods. And then the movie started over, and that's the true fright. And then the fucking Rob Zombie kicks up, or whatever the fuck we're playing at the end of this film. This was actually the Godhead song. Oh, okay, this is the Godhead song? You would know. <laughs> yeah, of course I would, I had that album. And then we just cut to black, and there's literal... Literally no end, per se. Nothing is wrapped up. The The ending of this movie is Jeff's line about video not lying. And, like, the implications here are anyone's guess. And I think this ending is the last vestige of the idea this director had about people being so consumed by something as far as consuming media that they had some kind of mass delusion or, like, you know, group hysteria and imagined all this stuff, but the reality is that this video is not being supernaturally manipulated. The reality is what you see in the tape. This is what actually happened. Yeah. And their version of the events are all of them having some kind of, you know, group hallucination. Which, okay, if that's the case, elaborate, but they don't. Yeah, see, I didn't fucking... 
hallucinate buying a ticket to this film. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't hallucinate <laughs> spending two hours watching this pile of shit. I need something substantial. I don't need a movie full of questions with no answers. Uh, luckily, I've gone over a lot of the uh, the stuff between the studio, the director, and the whatever the fuck uh, as we went through it. But if you want to, real quick, the case I found that this dude inspired was inspired by this was something called uh, the McMinnville School Poison Gas episode, where a teacher smelled poison gas. Uh, or smelled gas, didn't smell poison gas. I don't know, I don't know how you'd smell poison gas. Uh, you don't. <laughs> um, she said she, she said she smelled gas, and then 200 kids were hospitalized with symptoms. A check was done to school. There's no gas. Oh, like a mass hysteria? A bunch of kids went back and were all also hospitalized. A second check, still no gas. So this was, a, you know, a real-life instance of a group delusion or a shared delusion. That's crazy. It is crazy, and it's really interesting. Unfortunately, this is not ever present in the film no no i thought you were gonna say like almost like in it when that fucking uh that 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 factory blew up with all the kids in there or something i thought that's where you were going with that the easter egg hunt Uh oh yeah um no this is based on like a real that's free and uh, the show i pimp all the time legion has an entire episode devoted to a shared delusion and talks about how in some cases like if someone believes something is happening to them and they somehow subconsciously convince something else is happening to them like maybe a tick like your arm jumps up or something, that's the one they use, that it can spread like a real-life virus, even though biologically there's nothing wrong with these people. Right. Well, yeah, I 100% believe that stuff because you, you get stuff like people that think they're sick, and it's like, you know, it's not anything crazy. It's usually like common cold kind of stuff, but then they like, they're in a mood like, ah, I'm sick, and it's like, how'd you get sick? Well, my neighbor came over, and they touched my hand, and it's like, oh. And if this movie had spent five, ten minutes establishing this idea then I think at least a good portion of it would make more sense. But it's not there. It's not elaborated on. Nothing's elaborated on. This movie has no context. I like that idea, okay? I like the idea of the shared hysteria. I like the idea of believing something that's obviously not true in any way, shape, or form to an extent that has violent um, repercussions. Um, I like that concept. The biggest problem here is that like it's not done in like a docu style way and i feel like it could have been done way more effectively that way hey well everything i read about it was that the director didn't want to have the you know immediate comparisons to the original so he didn't want to do that why not you know i don't know but i i mean i kind of see where they're coming from but at the same time that's i can't that's fucking stupid that's what makes that uh, that's why Blair Witch works. You know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously you can't make a movie movie. This is proof of that. All of the concepts they're trying like all this wacky shit. It's kind of like a magician's act, right? Oh, I, I got to hear this. <laughs> it, it it's the misdirection. Yeah. of what's going on. But here we're we're shooting the film in a way where it's like a movie movie. So you have scenes set up. It's not just some dude with a handy cam where you can kind of fudge things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Because this is this is being filmed and the you know the way the average movie Google will perceive this is like, "Oh, this is a story. I'm not supposed to pretend this happened." Right. Or I'm not supposed to absorb this as if it's like, you know, uh, a day in life or something like right. that. Because that's how a lot of found footage movies work. Or they take the, the actual full-on documentary angle, which District 9 does, but also gives you 
you know, the interpretation of the events as they occurred splintered with documentary footage. Right, or even, like, Cloverfield. Yeah, or, like, in, like, Lake Mungo is a fantastic ghost movie um, that takes the style of a documentary, and they give you bombshells throughout the film because you're getting information fed to you, um, not in reverse order, but kind of they, they spread certain revelations out just enough to the point where each discovery is more horrifying than the first one. Right. Uh, the previous one. The Shrine, I'm sorry, that one. Um, there's the tunnel, which is a news crew that goes into a tunnel in uh, England with this fucking monsters living under there. Oh, man, that's awesome. I love Yeah, Have you seen the tunnel? Uh, no. Um, they do that in um, As Above As It Is Below. Is that is yeah, that the whole? Exactly. Uh, I always fuck that title up, but it's uh, as above, so below. It's, yeah, and they go into the fucking catacombs. That movie is scary as fuck uh, to me, anyway. Very uncomfortable. So found, people see found footage and they know what they're getting. They're getting okay in this film's universe. This is a real thing that happened, and we're seeing the firsthand account. Right. This movie is filmed in a way where you go, "This is just whatever. It's a spooky movie. It's a horror movie." Right. But I, I guess I guess the major disconnect is the disorientation that you get from. From a docu-style, from like a handheld docu-style. And that opening text crawl, like, this is a dramatization of real events. Yeah. Is it, though? No. And, and again, it doesn't really know what it wants to do. It's it's the Blair Witch Project is a movie in this universe, but it is also, does it possess supernatural abilities? Is the movie haunted? Is the witch real? We don't fucking know. <laughs> Who could fucking care? So, I, I, I'm going to ask, you know, something that I already know the answer to, but... Where are we putting this fucking thing? <laughs> so, I'll go first because I've already established my history with this. This is even through adult eyes, a reluctant shelf movie because it's just of where it lies in my personal history of the film. It sucks. It's really bad. It's it's laughably bad. Um, but um, Does it go right next to the God Hand album? <laughs> <laughs> On cassette. It goes right next to that God Hand album. That's where, that's where uh, cyber goth 14-year-old Connor resides. Um, it's... It, it's impossible to recommend to anybody, and if you own it, you probably own it. Like, yeah, I bought it a long time ago. Don't really watch it, or it's a, it's a fucking it's a it's a hate watch. You watch it to laugh at it. You get drunk and you by yourself, sadly alone, in your locked room with the windows shut, shut and your blinds closed, and just watch it and giggle at it. But even now, I I can't giggle at it because it's just nonsense. It's really it's really stupid and doesn't make any sense. It is a shelf movie, but it gets there by a hair. Because of childhood me. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, this is fucking straight up dumpster for me. And I can understand that. It, it's, it's, it's garbage. It's literally garbage. <laughs> I've seen this, again, like, I saw this film one time ever. This is the second time I'm seeing it. And holy fucking shit. Like, I don't need any of it. I remember a few years back, somebody being like, yeah, Book of Shadows is actually pretty good. You should give it another try. I'm like, eh, I'll, <clears> I'll revisit <throat> it someday, and here we are. Um, What a piece of fucking shit. It's a cop-out of something that could have been really good, as we saw in 2016, and that's even going to the extreme. Like, I, I feel like if they followed through with the found not necessarily found footage but kind of docu-style uh approach like the first one but told the story that they're trying to tell here but in a better way it could have been a decent film i don't think the answer was being meta you know what i mean and if it was you have to fucking go full on you can't you can't make this fucking pseudo shitstorm where you have all this fucking stuff that is 
seemingly meaningless in the long run um then to fucking throw a twist ending that who could fucking give a shit about um we mentioned the last broadcast in the beginning of this film or in the beginning of this podcast and i wanted to bring that back because that film I'm just gonna spoil it for you, so fuck you if you've never saw if you've never seen it. It's 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 a fucking almost thirty year old. Yeah, movie. it's it's like thirty. Jesus Christ, ah oh, man, you're dating me. Anyway, I know. Uh, well, you invoked Kurt Loder, okay? Yeah, this is true. So you know, th- the whole thing of that movie is there is no Jersey Devil, and it's this guy killing these people in the Pine Barrens, and then the whole movie revolves around this guy piecing together all this found footage of this incident that was found from all these dead people. And on one of the reels, there's this damaged piece that he like fixes. And then he reveals the identity of the killer. And then the killer comes and finds out and kills him. But like, it's really good and it's done really well. And I feel like, and it's, it, it's got a surreal ass ending where it's just the do it's the guy responsible filming himself doing more Jersey devil stuff in a series of like fade cuts where he's just yappering on into nobody. And it's really creepy and, and disturbing and, and, and it works really well. Honestly, that, that, that sentence long description has me more freaked out than this movie did. It's yeah. Well, yeah, because this is just a bunch of nonsense. Um, I don't fucking need it. Throw right in the fucking garbage. Um, I'll take the regular, the original Blair Witch and Blair Witch 2016, and those motherfuckers can go right on the shelf, and I'll just forget this one ever happened, to be perfectly honest, because it doesn't even count, because it's not even about the fucking Blair Witch. This movie is a turd. I think we all can agree to that to an extent. I appreciate that level of bluntness. But, you know, it's, it's, before the studio meddled with it, I can maybe seeing it be, like, a hard turd, you know, one that, like isn't really bothering anybody on the side of the road. Like, something like, hey, this sucks, but A for effort. I firmly disagree with that studio comment, though, that we keep talking about. Well, I'm I'm going somewhere with this. Okay, okay, go on. You know, it's an inconvenience, it's disgusting, it's gross, but it's like, okay, sure. But unfortunately, you know, you add that extra layer, you add the bad acting, you add the inconsequential plot that just goes, doesn't know what the fuck it wants to do, um... And you add that, there's just so many factors I could go into. We've already beaten to death. And it just turns into a squishy, disgusting, like, borderline purple turd that's just, like, overtaking (laughs) the bottom level of the dumpster. It's just absorbing Monster in the Closet, House of the Dead, Dragon Ball, and it's kind of just morphing it all into its own, you know, Necronomicon of, uh... Oh, no! It's turning into the literal Book of Shadows that it, you know, is representative (laughs) in the title of this film. Um, You know, it doesn't have any religious scripture, it doesn't have any personal anecdotes, it doesn't have anything about the Wiccan religion... It's, it's just filled with shitty movies, and uh, it lives at the bottom of the movie dumpster, and that's where it's going to stay. This, this, yeah, I, I have nothing else to <laughs> I have nothing else to say either. I don't either. This is, that's it. You know what? Fucking put me in the corner and fucking hit me over the head. I'm all finished now. So that's it. That's Book of Shadows, colon Blair Witch 2 from 2000, directed by Joe Berlinger. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Podbean, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you want to support indie comic books, you can head over to Indiegogo.com and look up the project Fishtown. That's by our buddy Dave DeForn, who does all the artwork for the show. Uh, you want to support indie comics. I'm Joe Lascola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. 
A brutal murder in the Black Hills discovered today the bodies of five hikers found dead atop the landmark known as Coffin Rock. Disemboweled, Jeffrey. Thank you.